Welcome to the podcast, Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu fans, brought to you by the lovely, endearing, uh, savage AF, Daniel Friedel, and just me, Jason Beber. Welcome. Today we have uh, a pretty awesome guest. I'm uh, pretty stoked about this one. So uh, I'll do the, the best uh, like Bruce Buffer that I can do. Okay. I got, I'm going to read my notes again. <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu blue belt, amateur MMA fighter, professional decoy, American Ninja Warrior competitor, fitness maniac, Clover Streets. Woo! Yeah! Oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much for having me. Can I have your autograph? I would be willing to give it to you, but it's going to cost you. What? What? What's it cost? Um, how much you got? Very little. <laughs> well, I've I been unemployed for like eight weeks. So. <laughs> oh, well, that's my, fair. Ten weeks. Uh, COVID yeah. got you too, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate. So let's get right into it. Uh, most of the people that listen to the podcast, well, like all, we've probably got 14 listeners now. Mm-hmm. We actually have like 63, but yeah. yeah I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, that was Sorry. Daniel attempting to going on Miyagi a, a gnat in here. So uh, most of most of our listening audience is jujitsu based, which is kind of sort of how I know you, kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, they also like to hear things that aren't related to jujitsu sometimes. Okay. So tell us about your job. Oh my goodness. Well, as you said, I'm a professional decoy. I own a company. Explain to people what being a decoy is, because mm-hmm. they have no idea unless they've heard me mumble about it a couple of times. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious as to what a professional decoy implies too. Well, just let me back it up. Okay. I'm a dog trainer. Right? Yep. I specialize in training police dogs. So as a decoy, I'm the guy who gets bit. Yeah. Po- right? Police only or uh, working dogs? I do all working dogs, yeah. and I will do family pet dogs for obedience as well. But my specialty, what people know me for across the country, is working dogs and my decoy work. And as a decoy, I get bit by the dog. So mm-hmm. the big thing is I'm developing their grip. I'm helping them maintain pressure, be able to take pressure and be able to win the fight against the bad guy. So most of my students uh, and my friends will will know. Uh, so sometimes Glover and I met at uh, a dog training thing, and he, he was decoying that day, and I'm, I'm, I'm a subpar decoy at best, but I enjoy it. Lies. And so uh, I, I always I come back to school on Mondays, and I'm like, look at all the bruises on my arms. And Dude. There's been my a couple times stuff. where like you couldn't see the pigment of your skin yeah. from your <laughs> armpit to your elbow. It was insane. They know. chew on you, don't they? Been there. Um, <laughs> bruises, uh, scars. I've been cut open a couple of times through my bite Like, suit. look at his arms. That's like through the suit. Uh, I remember, actually remember most of these guys from which dog they were from. Like, uh, that was from a police canine in Atlanta. See, this one is from a dog in Colorado. And for for those for the listeners, he's pointing out these big puncture marks in his arms. Uh, well, they're not punctures anymore. Well, yeah, they healed. They healed <laughs> quite well, if I might add. So I'm uh, I'm going to interrupt the entire time. You just have to get used to this. It's pain in the ass. Please sometimes. do. It's okay. Yeah. I'm uh, sure we'll settle it on the mask later. For sure, it's fine. <laughs> I'm sure I'll lose too, but it's okay. So continue with. Uh, so tell us more about your job, being a decoy, uh, and how you how you became a decoy and a professional decoy that travels around the world. And now you teach decoys also, right? Yes, I do. Okay, continue. Well, oh my gosh. So we got to travel way back to when I was living in Hawaii. And I was still a white belt back then before promoting to blue belt. Underneath the professor, his name, I won't even say because we had a bad relationship when okay. I left. However, I was in Hawaii and I was living there at the time. I was working for the Army as a vet tech. Is his last name Gracie? No, it was not Gracie. Oh, okay. No. 
It was not. Okay. Uh, anyways. It, the one in Hawaii, I don't I don't. Let's say they lays so like two people. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so I was working as a vet tech for the Army, and we had this dog come back from deployment. His name was Zeno, and he and his handler became good friends of mine. I say the dog became my friend. Who, yeah. may, who cares? <laughs> who knows if he was my friend? He <laughs> liked taking treats from me. But he was a hell of a dog, and that handler invited me after trainings with them, and I got in the suit, and I got my ass kicked by the dog. You know, I fell on my face. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was flopping around like a freaking fish in a marshmallow suit. But I loved it, right? I Like, what kind of idiot says he loves getting bit by a dog running after it, him? It is exhilarating, it, isn't it? It's, it is. It's, I was about to say, especially like your first-time decoying, and it's like a dog that's been overseas already, like basically a seasoned vet as a dog. I would say so. I mean, he yeah. had a couple of deployments under his belt, and so did his handler. They were that, senior level team. That doesn't seem like a good starting dog. Oh, it is. It's actually the best. It's the best starting point. It really is. So. Oh, because he he's already. Bite, that's for oh, sure. okay. Yeah. Gotcha. That and, makes sense. And, oh, yeah. and their targeting is better. And, and like, you're you're pretty sure they're not going to lose their mind. And pretty sure. There's always tran- the chance. Always the chance. I was just saying, like, yeah, if that one were to lose his mind, like, just have any better mental instability, it probably knows exactly how to get around that suit, too. Well, the 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 most fun dog I've ever caught, his name is Chip Monster. And you, you know Chip from... Uh, I do. Chip Monster. I do. Yeah. And uh, our, our friend Cody, yeah. he's he kind of does the same job that Clover does. And uh, he his dog, Chip, is a Marine veteran, I think. He's a Belgian Malinois. He is a Marine, uh, former Marine. And that dog is a stout monster. He's, he's legit. Yes. But he's so much fun because he knows he knows the game. He he's knows a good what to teaching do. dog. Yeah. Okay. A good teaching cool. dog. Um, so I was working out there, and I got bit, and I was like, oh, this is freaking amazing. So I started studying on canine behavior and decoy work, and my wife, who's active duty, they got stationed in Colorado. And when I was moving out there, I said, like, you know, it's time for me to start my own business because I don't want to be a vet tech anymore. I want to stick to working with dogs in a different capacity. So at that point, I was looking for seminars, and I went out to Utah, and there was a company out there called Right Hand Canine, and... Uh, they're owned by former Davis County Sheriff out there. And um, the guy's been working with dogs for like 15 years. And the guy knows his shit. Yeah. So he invited me out there as a colleague, you know, another trainer. And I did his seminar and I was getting bit by dogs from eight in the morning till four or five in the evening for three or four days. And I felt like death, but I loved it. And he said at the end, you know, you've got natural ability, you know how to read a dog, keep on doing it. So. I made it my mission to just keep working dogs across the country and getting better and better and better. And now it's gotten to the point where I get calls from departments across the country where they want me to come out, work their dogs, uh, do some scenario-based training. And it got even further along where notable trainers in the industry took note. And uh, I got the call a couple weeks ago saying, hey, we'd love to hire you on as an adjunct instructor for our decoy development camps um, for another company called High-Risk Deployment, High-Risk Deve- High-Risk Deployment Canine. Uh, where they do a lot of in-depth scenario-based training for departments. I did not know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that Congratulations. Awesome. Thanks Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to Missouri end of June to go teach out there for them. And are you driving or are you flying? I'm bringing a dog, so I'm driving. Oh, okay. Um, Which dog, two, what dog are you bringing? I'm bringing my Dutchie, the one that you yep. met. Yeah, yep. I'm bringing him. What, what's his name? His name's Utrid. Utrid, that's right. Yes. If you've ever and heard that's the, the show, one you're going to trial with, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're competing literally the day before I drive. Yeah. <laughs> At least you get it out of the way and maybe he'll be tired and he'll <laughs> settle well, down some. So what, it's going to be a great drive or I'm going to be all in my feelings because I didn't do well at the <laughs> <laughs> So what's a Dutchie? A Dutch Shepherd. So oh, imagine okay. a Malinois, um, but striped. Brindle colored. Oh, okay. I tell people if it ain't Dutch, it ain't much. Yeah, so. I, I, I tend to disagree, <laughs> but hey, whatever. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Dutch so, um, 
Whenever you're talking about scenario-based training, what does that usually imply? Scenario-based training. In short, we train these handlers and their dog teams to recognize that on the street they're going to encounter scenarios. And yeah. We want them to be ready for it. We want them to train at a high level so they can be ready for anything that comes their way. Yeah. So we do a lot of stress inoculation. We do a lot of choice-making skills where you know the right choice can bring you home or the right choice where you can make an accident or have a mistake. And in that respect, you know, we want them prepared for what they could encounter on the street. You okay, know, so you do like obstacle courses and things like that? or we wouldn't necessarily or? obstacle courses. Um, the last time we did a uh, HRD sen- uh, seminar, um, we were out in Shelby, North Carolina. That's when I last worked with them. Yeah. And we're working with the sheriff department out there as well as some local PD guys. And we had the use of a abandoned school. Yeah. Um, so we did stuff where we've got uh, guys who are passive suspects hidden in, an air- in a dark area. Or guys who are non-compliant and covered with like a plastic wrap, right? So the dog can't see arms or anything they would be targeting. So now you've got to see if your dog's going to commit on this guy who's covered himself up. And nine times out of ten, you know, these dogs did well. Or we stress them out by making them do a bunch of jumping jacks, run back to the patrol car, come up. Here's the scenario. And all of a sudden, this pedestrian comes running out of the way. And ideally, you won't send your dog on the pedestrian. But if you do, then there's the mistake. So you have so, to think. So the training is more based around the handler than the it's dog. Both. It's definitely both. Okay. Right. We okay. want to make sure that we can push the dog to a threshold and then yeah. past it. We want to make sure we can push the handler to a threshold and pass it. Okay. That's kind of what I was wondering. I'm, I didn't mean obstacle courses. I mean like setting up buildings or oh, using yes. band school. Carjacking uh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, I was mm-hmm. about to say one of the like wildest videos I saw was whenever they sent that dog in through the driver's side window. Always my favorite thing to do. I love it. (laughs) Either being on the handler side or being the decoy. I I don't know why, but it gives me a thrill when I see a dog jumping through the window at me. As a guy who... That was so insane. So I used to own a body shop, and all I can think about is how many scratches is that dog putting on on the top surface of that door. That's like literally all I can think about. I was thinking... No, I know. I know. I'm saying like... I was thinking about how many scratches he's putting on his belly going through that damn window. Yeah. Because, I mean, he went through that thing like... I know they busted the window beforehand, dude, but he flew through it. Well, he probably didn't touch anything. Like he probably, well, he was probably like Unless a bullet. he was a fat dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which happens. Which happens. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I was watching live PD the other day because that's what I do for fun. I, yeah, I, I don't watch it new, live. You need to get a new show to watch. I, well, yeah. I, I don't have cable. I only have like Hulu and Netflix. Same here. And, so you've uh, got 5,000 other shows to watch besides you, live PD. But but it's, none of them are great. The World According yeah. to Goldblum. What is it? The World According to Goldblum. Well, that's, oh. that's Disney Plus. I'm sorry. It's uh, also amazing. I, I'm Hulu, not a Disney Plus guy. American Ninja Warrior. Ah, Mike, we'll get to that in a second. Daniel's over here freaking out. He's excited <laughs> about that. Any questions about that one? <laughs> so, um, a friend of mine and I were watching uh, Live PD, and uh, this guy was, there, you know, there's some situation where they had a, a canine out, and the guy's like, you know, lay down, I'll send the dog, lay down, I'll send the dog, lay down, I'll send the dog. Gives the dog the, the call. Dog literally runs right past the dude, doesn't even touch him. And four, four <laughs> officers, like, down the guy. The dog's standing over in a corner, wagging his tail, looking at him. I'm like, oh. That's depressing. And, I mean, you know, most of the people watching the show probably had – they didn't even think about it, you know. But yeah. I'm over here like, oh, that dog's trash. You need to, like yeah. – that dog needs to be retrained. Might <laughs> not be some, trash. Yeah, I, this might need a new for foundation. For sure. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right. That's why I said retrained. I, and saying a dog is trash doesn't mean that particular dog is trash. It means mm-hmm. that, like, he, he needs some, some help. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more often the trainer or the handler than it is the dog. Has been my experience. Yeah, and, yeah I it's, agree. it's almost always me. <laughs> Dog's <laughs> messing up. It's me. On um, one of the leash, there's an idiot. On the other end of the leash, there's the dog. Yeah, you for know? sure. <laughs> You're exactly I right. Can see that. 
but man, he just smoked right past that dude, and then the dude yeah. fell down, and then four cops piled on top of him and took his machete away from him, and then uh, the dog looked, literally just looked at him. And and I've seen situations where, you know, the dog doesn't dog doesn't really care if you're a cop or not. Like if you're yeah. a part of this dog pile of people, they're they grab a hold of something and snatch onto it. They want to join the fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that dog should have wanted to do that. Yeah. Like, so what? What Clover trains people, dogs to do is to get a grip and then hold. Like, mm. you don't want the dog transferring onto you, the handler, or you know, some innocent bystander. They're not yeah. just like rabid animals. They're purpose built. Mm. Yeah, uh, I don't want to say machines, but you know, they have a job, and they're, the, the outlines are clear. We train these dogs to bite. Can't get mad when they do. Yeah, right. Exactly. If they're yeah. biting something. They're doing their job. Right. Yeah. It's not the job you necessarily want them to do or the person you want them to get it from, but you know the key is the dog to bite, he's gonna go bite somebody. The, the key know? is to get it to bite the right the right thing. Yes. And that's what all the training that Clover does and you know, the, the club that I train at does, is to clearly define like what's okay and what's not. Yeah. Okay. I uh I own a small dog training company. I do kind of part time and often people are like, uh I want this kind of dog and I want to train him to protect my daughters when I'm not home. I'm like, good luck. Yeah. I want a pet slash protection dog. Yeah. Get that a lot. <laughs> good luck. I get it a lot. And you should see the breeds that come in my inbox. <laughs> Same, oh, buddy. Oh, Dearest Lord. <laughs> no, I have, I have zero illusions to that. Like, Zoe is a pet. Like, another dog runs up to us while I'm walking her. She stands behind me. I'm like, okay, that's that's the game we good play. Good thing you know your jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Ooh, um, I, was... I'll have to tell my... Uh, my fight with the two pit bulls story. Hmm? Yeah, I don't like that story. You can I, tell. I don't care if you like it or not. Yeah. I'm gonna tell it. Are another one okay. being interviewed here? What? I'm no. the one being interviewed, right? No, yes, but <laughs> we're not. Inter- this we is not. We don't want your story. You're here to help me interview him. <laughs> this okay. Is, <laughs> this is not an <laughs> interview. No, you have obviously never listened to our podcast. This is <laughs> yeah. not an interview. I'm this is us to talking. Yours is Jeff. Did you? Uh, I'm listening to. I'm going back. Because I'm, okay. really, I'm really stoked about it. It's I'm going to listen. It's our third. Our third bit most listened to podcast is it yeah okay you who's may it? push it to number one who's the first nicole. uh no was it nicole or Eddie? oh nicole by landslide nicole's podcast had like 160 some listens oh. had like 72 in one day <laughs> oh my gosh so oh my gosh. We, we have a friend she's a brown belt in jujitsu it's uh this guy eddie that we were just talking about it's his girlfriend she's a brown belt in jujitsu uh professional mma fighter was a bouncer at the strip club with me yeah manages the strip club like you know right. she, she's like a you know, jack of all trades. She's she's pretty mm. hot, so like she has a bunch of dudes that I like follow her. her page. This is perfect. Yes, it is. Yeah. And um, and we got hammered and start arguing. Oh, we got trashed. <laughs> so, so we all had, three of us. Were we had technical <laughs> malfunctions <laughs> on the equipment, and so me and, oh yeah, I forgot about that. We were drinking like forty five minutes before we started yeah, the podcast. It, it, it wasn't. <laughs> it was it was a good show, but it wasn't a good day. No, no, it's not. Anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this the entire mm. podcast. Where were we at? It, exactly. Oops. No, why are you apologizing? Mm. So uh, I was asking about the scenario based or scenario based training. That's how we got off from that. But then you were talking about coming to Charlotte. Um, what were we talking? No, you're going to take the dog. I'm going for to a competition. Yeah, yes. yeah. And then so I'm Missouri. competing in PSA, which is the Protection Sports Association. I'm competing June 19th and 20th uh, for our entry level certificate, which is the PDC title. And, uh, so what does the competition entail? Like so what advanced obedience. Right? Okay. And the second day is protection. Right? So I need to make sure you can do a loose leash heel, which was pretty easy, but I want to make sure you can focus on me. There's going to be gunfire during. Uh, oh, wow. He shouldn't freak out by that. Yeah. Or I think that he gets to go by someone. 
Um, and then the second day, we're doing some scenarios where he has to make sure that he has good quality grips, really deep, and can handle the pressure put on by the decoy in the various bite work scenarios. And uh, I guess he has to out too. He has to let go on command. So we're working on that. We'll see how it goes. He's pretty stubborn. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> that seems like the important command. Why did you say that like questionably? Well, they get excited. He's stubborn. <laughs> He's very stubborn. Or I'm, I'm just a bad like, handler, one of the two. I'm just, if one command works, it should be let go. Like that seems I like think if one command works, it should be bite. Yeah, it should be the bite. So I mean, uh, a lot of police dogs don't even have an out. They don't. They don't have a, a command it's to turn. They just hold on until they get tired. You got to choke them out until you take them off. Yeah, Holy choke them off. It's not necessarily a requirement. I mean, I completely understand. No, I'd rather have my dog have a good in than a good out. Yeah, I learned that from a phenomenal trainer. Because if okay. your dog doesn't have that a good in, not, you're sending mm-hmm. him on someone who's violent. Your dog doesn't bite him, and yeah. you're in danger. And I guess I'm in danger. Yeah, I could think I'm thinking of like, you know, decoy work, like competition wise. Oh, let me but tell you, it's, for my competition, uh, yes, he needs to get out. Yeah, otherwise, yeah. you know, we fail. Yeah. Um, so we've been working on it a lot. That's that seems more like a rodeo situation too. Like both of y'all are being judged equally, uh, or is it more on the dog? It's more on the dog. Um, I will get judged for handler help. Yeah. Um, so I've been working on making sure that as I'm walking with my dog, I'm not kind of putting pressure on him with the leash or kind of cueing him into certain things. So I've been working on that, but I've got a size 13 foot. I trip over these things like nobody. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then if your dog like leads over like into you a touch, I mean, this happens to me all the time. Atlas, uh, he's such a dick. He like purposefully tries to trip me sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> with that like, too. Like, yeah. You fucker. Yeah. Um, so is this the, is PSA the one that, um, Tar Heel canine, uh, created? What's the guy from Tar Heel canine? Jared Bradshaw. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Bradshaw. Um, so when I moved here uh, last year, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in PSA Central. I'm joining a PSA club. And here I am a year later going for my first title. So you're moving to Missouri? I'm not moving. No, I'm just going out there to go teach a class for the HRD guys. And then you're coming back. Yes. So, so I'm kind of, gone for a week. Kind of back to your normal schedule thing. Yep. Okay, good. Yeah. As an adjunct instructor for them, you know, they call. Here's where the seminar is. Can you teach it? Yeah, I can come out. So normally, so describe your, your normal job minus covid to okay. like your schedule i mean you go all over the place right schedule varies man depends on the needs so i was in georgia a couple months ago and i was teaching a seminar out there for a couple of days right uh for actually that was a sport dog club um then while i was there i worked with the pd um and i had a lot of fun you know, just catching their dogs Let's see in colorado i've been all over the place uh, with a lot of departments out there um Actually, I've made some really phenomenal friends. I lived out there for a while. Sure. But I made a lot of phenomenal friends with the local PDs out there who would invite me up. Um, even to come to some of their other trainings. Like uh, one department invited me out to their SWAT training with them because they're incorporating dogs into it. And you know, they said, hey, come on out and tell us what you think. You know, how else can we manipulate our dog to be the great use for the SWAT team? And I was like, yeah, I'll definitely come out. And what was really cool about that was, um, even though I had never met any of those SWAT guys, uh, but the handler, she talked me up pretty hardcore. And you can't tell, but I was blushing. But I mean, you can't really tell when I'm blushing. Like, whack. You know, so you can't really tell. But oh my gosh, like the way she talked about me, I was like, oh my gosh, you don't say that. Now these people are actually going to look to me like I'm a, like an expert. <laughs> they're, not, they're gonna, you know? you build high expectations. Yeah. You know, but um, I get the call, I answer. And generally, like a week or two later, I'm out there for a couple of days teaching. Sure. Right. Um, otherwise, I've got pet dogs that board with me otherwise i've got clients where i'm doing private sessions one-on-one throughout the week 
Uh, my business is open for locals six days a week. Nice. Tell, tell her by the name of your of your business. My company is called Marathon Canine Academy. Uh, Marathon Canine because I used to run marathons, uh, but age got to me. Even though I'm only 31, and you're yeah, I was about to say that ain't X age. amount of years over. Maybe it's, it, that ain't age getting to you. It's 31. my age. I was trying to talk shit about how old I am, but, but <laughs> well, I, you are old. But I, I am about old, that all the time. But I ain't worried about it. Maybe it's yeah, other okay. things. I don't know. Uh, could be that I've treated my body like an amusement park. I've done that too, uh, probably in a different way. <laughs> we let's say we've both lived, lived a hard life. How's that? Absolutely, you know, uh, martial arts has definitely taken its toll. Uh, other extracurricular activities, the decoying. Man, you know, decoying's uh, rough. If yes, you think jujitsu is hard, decoying is rough. Hopping in a bite suit. Uh, I mean, a 75, 80 degree day, you yeah. got your own climate in there, right? Yeah. I, and then you're slinging a 75, 80 pound dog over and over and over yeah. again. And then let's say you got 12 dogs that are coming out and you're the only And they're going to work twice. Yeah. You know, you're going to get you five know. minutes with each of them over and over again. Like even, there was this one dog, uh, his name was Rudy back in Colorado and probably one of the best dogs I've ever seen. I, I would put him in my top five police dogs ever, you know, and I've been decoying now for about five years. And that dog would put a hurting on you and keep on going. He, he put me to work. I'd like to think I'm in shape. He made me feel really humble about myself. I'll tell you that much. But what's even better about that dog was the amount of control his handler had with him. Uh, it's really hard to describe to someone what, what being a decoy is like. And again, I certainly don't want to oversell my abilities. I am a novice at best. Uh, literally at, at best a novice. But what I would say is being in a... How, how much... You got a comp suit or a semi-comp? I have a comp suit and I have a semi-comp suit. Okay, so... so the comp suit is thicker. One day was a semi-comp. Okay. How much does it weigh dry? Oh, think? my gosh. Probably um, 25 pounds? Yeah, 20 pounds. Let's go 20. So imagine wrapping 20 pounds worth of blankets, like, around your body, like, covering every square inch. I mean, they're, they're so thick. Like, if you get uh, comp pants, which mm -hmm. one? Is comp lighter or Comp heavy? is lighter. Okay. Yeah, so comp so is very light. So if you uh, – the suit that I normally wear, which is a loner, is a training weight. It's probably 35 pounds, wouldn't you say? That red suit. We can go down to thirty. Okay. It it is so thick that like it I can't squat. Like if I were looking to be like a catcher, like yeah. behind a base, it 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 just sits me upright. Like you can't get your butt to your heels. That's how thick it is. Conversely, in my comp suit, I can run a dead sprint. Yeah. So really, yes. Th there's wow. and do a cartwheel. I found out. So what's the comp suit made out of? It's made out of the same material. It's jute. Um, it's a very. It's I don't want to equate it to burlap. Yeah. But that's about the best thing I can do for. I don't want to say layman folk. It's layman like terms, uh, but, uh, the material that fire hoses are made out of, sorta. 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 It's like a thick weave. Um, it, French linen, jute. I, I don't know what else you want to call it. Yeah. But uh, um, so my suit is light enough that I can maneuver and be able to feel a dog's bite a little bit better. Those minute grips. <laughs> the problem, yeah. You want to feel yeah, it yeah. better. The problem is, on occasion, I also feel things bending, and then the, the occasional puncture from a hard biting dog. Um, but the role of a decoy is to train the dog, right? Yeah. He's that's not getting bit and flopping around like a fish. He's got to make sure he's reacting appropriately so the dog gets drive satisfaction, right? These and dogs, you got to keep the dog safe. And we keep him safe, right? Yeah. So I want this dog to punch in deeper and I react to his bite. Right? So he's like, okay, if I do this again, he's going to do that again. It's like a game of chess. Yeah. Right? So I wear a very thin suit so I can move. I can feel it better. Um, it is what it is. But, my, my wife's yeah. a nurse, so that kind of helps out. <laughs> <laughs> so so there's a give and a take right if you yeah. wear a thin suit you can move better it's not quite as hot you have mm -hmm. more mobility the drawback is uh 
when Clover says you can feel it better, what he means is they crush your biceps and your oh, and your forearms, yeah. and you can literally. It's it's, it, I don't want to say it's uh, it's pretty close to being bit. Like like the puncture isn't there, but the the That's pressure right. is. He, he's been bit a couple of times. But I know. But what I'm saying is like you know if you see a live bite, which yeah. is like without the suit, oh, yeah. uh, it's it, yeah, it's it can mess. be real real nasty. Uh, but like. It keeps you from having a live bite, essentially. No, no. no. My, my problem with being in the suit is like, man, in July, you know, even at seven in the morning, it's 75, 80 degrees, mm-hmm. and you're like physically wrestling with 12 dogs all day. No. Man, I have to be real careful not to dehydrate myself. When I first you, moved here from Colorado, where it's a 90 degree oh, dry yeah. heat versus the 85 and extreme humidity here, I was dying. It was horrible. I'll mess up. I even went out for a run that morning, and I remember I was like, which one's going to pass out first, me or my dog? This humidity's horrible, you know? Being inside the suit is like living inside. It's like trying to do jiu-jitsu inside of a sauna, basically. Yeah, like, I could agree with that. Like, like put seven geese on and then try to grapple yeah. me, you know? Yeah. Like, it sucks, <laughs> but it's fun, mm. you know? Now, when you were talking about react, like a standard way, a way somebody would react, mm. what are... Uh, like, what are some of the notions you're talking about with that? So, when I've got a dog on, let's say, my bicep, right? Yeah. Call it there. So, he's right here in the pocket, right? And he bites in deeper, right? Yeah. So, he comes in deeper on the grip. As soon as he does that, I'm going to twitch my arm and take a step backwards. So, the dog is winning the fight, pushing me down, forward, pushing forward, and pushing me kind of down, mm-hmm. right? So he's like, okay, if I do that again, I'm going to continue winning this fight. Let me keep on punching him deeper and deeper. He's operating in prey drive. He's getting drive satisfaction, Right. So I'm the prey animal, right? Yeah. He's killing me. But he, I don't want him thrashing about, being all out of control. I'm digging deeper and deeper and deeper into the bite. Unless you're trying to just keep his focus on it, basically. I want him to think that this is the game. This is yeah. how I'm going to win. It's, it's a fun game. It's, yeah. I, I enjoy it. it. It's fun. So I get paid to do it. Clover's way better at it than I am. So like I like watching him do it. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, oh, my footwork's wrong or whatever, <laughs> you know. Uh, I, I'm... Yeah, I, I've been really fortunate to have so uh, my good friend Mark Catula at uh, Whole Nine Canine, and then um, great guy. Yeah, that's that's actually how Clover and I met. Which Mark invited me out, and I came out with my dog, and I had a great time. And we got to talking about jujitsu. I was wearing my Phoenix jujitsu yeah, shirt. I said, oh, you're a jujitsu guy, and he's like, I own a gym. Look at me. Look at him. <laughs> oh, this guy. I was super nice. Let me come through, and I did come through, and then I bought a hoodie. And a hat. And a hat. Nice. And, and I wear them all. And he wears it all the time. Yeah. I do. Tags us in it. I do. And so uh, I found that uh, dog clubs are much like jujitsu. I could agree with that. You're you're always suspect of somebody, else, some outsider. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. You ever, you ever been the that. new guy to open mat? Of course you have. Yeah. yeah. Yes, so, I have. So here we're pretty like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? You this know, one but, time in Hickory. <laughs> <laughs> way before COVID. Yeah, yeah, so far, so long ago. But so, uh, Mark was like, "Oh, this new new uh, decoy going to show up and like you know do some stuff." I was like, "Oh, okay, you know what's this dickhead about?" You know? <laughs> I hope he knows what he's doing. <laughs> Turns out he does. He's pretty good at it. You know? <laughs> but it it is a community, the dog training community, or the, especially the working dog community, is very much like like jujitsu community. There's little clicks, mm-hmm. little this club don't like that club or like they're, you know, you compete against other clubs mm-hmm. and, and 
you know, if you get to know each other, you're all pretty decent, basically. But like for the most part, I mean, mostly, you know, they're they're dickheads in jujitsu too. There's some brown belts I don't like. You got Me one in too. mind? I do have one in mind. <laughs> Gosh, if I knew what I, if I was, knew what I was doing on the mat, oh my god, I would I would choke his ass out. Well, um, but it seems like the working dog community would be one of the like I don't see there being an obedience dog community. Outside of that, there, there is. Yeah, there is. But it's one of those things where if you have that kind of, I don't know, yeah, what do you want to call it? If you have that kind of There's a lot passion of, that for this specific asset, you don't really pay attention to the others. Yeah. Right? Well, that's why I was wondering. But, like, you can get obedience training at, like, PetSmart. No, you no. can't. Stop. Mm. Stop, Daniel. Well, I'm just saying, stop. like, there's no, no – I don't mean mm. to that level. Okay, let me let me rephrase. What well, what you don't they're marketed, what but level? like Petco ain't saying like, oh, we train working dogs. Well, you know what I mean. Course, it seems like more of a they basic don't... versus advanced type thing. Well, so first, let me tell you, and I know this from experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no, well, and really, there's no training required by the state or any other entity yeah. to call yourself a dog trainer. There's yeah. just not mm-hmm. at those big big box commercial places. They're they're focus is to sell dog training so the Mm. trainer there you could be the head trainer but you're the head trainer because you sell more training Mm. it is completely a hundred percent uh positive only so like a trainer at PetSmart or petco can never ever ever give a correction to a dog i know this because my former girlfriend of two or three years was a trainer at one of those places so like i have a pretty good volume of information about that so um what they and now not to say that a, a person that works there can't be a good trainer they're not allowed to be a good trainer and that's not their focus their focus is to sell dog training okay like I, I talked to a client today i was like listen i don't care if you you know i, I can train your dog or not it doesn't matter to me if you mm-hmm. if you like it i i will gladly do it if you if you find somebody else i mean i'll help you find somebody yeah. like like sales is not my my goal yeah so, how effective is just positive reinforcement training? Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Think I about- have retrained a dog that's been trained positive only. So, think about it. Would you would you raise a child and never, ever, ever give it consequences for an action? No. Well, there you go. You have a newborn, right? Yeah. Okay. So, example. I mean, yeah. Whenever I was training Zoe, like I was following your lead, and like I don't see a way that I could have trained her with of just course. positive reinforcement. Of course. Let's say it's Halloween night. Yeah. Taking a kid out. Let's say she's five years old now. Yeah. And I know this one experience, okay? <laughs> so you got your kid out, got candy, we're all excited. Yes. You tell her she can only have one. Yeah. Right? And she says no. You can't tell her no, because that's not positive. You can tell her, I said only one. And she says, No. I'm gonna grab another piece. And you say, But I said only one. Well And then she grabs a piece and then eats it. So now she's had two. So what does that train what does that train your daughter to do? To continue doing what she yeah, wants. Yeah, to do whatever they there's want. there's no consequence. There's no consequence. Uh-huh. And sadly, this is this goes for all mammals. You, you would think, how, how do you feel about this? I feel like knowing what very little I know about dog training should make me better at communicating with people. Because we're just mammals. We're all mammals. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, we all have a capacity for this very similar training system. Mm-hmm. Here's a good example. The only thing that keeps you from driving 150 miles an hour on the highway is the fear that the consequence for being caught for that is worse than the fun or the whatever you were going to get out of driving 150 miles an hour. Very true. So 
that is a threat of violence. Like that's the thing that keeps you from doing that is that you'll have your license taken away and your car towed and you'll be put in jail and you'll lose your insurance and blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Right. So the consequence has to exceed the will of a mammal to do the thing. Mm-hmm. If it does not, you will never deter them from doing it. And, it, and it's kind of, that's pretty like Viking or, you know, it's like a harsh thing. But it is yeah. reality. Granted, we want to condition them to do this other thing where they're going to get a nice variable reward, right? Yeah. Where we go back to your child and, you know, we don't want you to have candy. But guess what? You can get candy tomorrow and the day after, right? Just one piece. So it's going to last longer. That's more exciting, right? Or that is exciting, gotcha. isn't it? Yeah. Right? But yeah. tonight, you're just going to get this one piece. You want to think that that's okay, right? Like my dog loves to bite mm. uh, a lot. However, he needs to learn that, hey, that bite's going to come back if you let go. Yeah. Right? So one of the ways that we train an out, the, the way that I trained an out is like I get my dog really excited about this toy, whatever it is. Mm. I let him bite it, and then I hold it completely still. Dog loses interest. Interest in it. He's like, oh, that ain't no No fun. more drive satisfaction. He lets yeah. go. I instantly like make the toy live again so that he wants to bite it again. Gotcha. So do that a couple of times and then hold the toy still and then tell him out might take him 30 seconds or a minute. He spits the toy out. We instantly make it live again. And that way, like, like his reward for, for letting go of something is he gets to bite it again. Mm-hmm. Like That's crazy though, right? Like <laughs> yeah. first time I, I taught a dog out, I was like, well, that's kind of weird. Like, but it, it works, but it works. Yeah. It does work. It's kind it of interesting. Work. I like it. So how, how, Let's let's talk about your jujitsu career. What what came first? Oh Not gosh. career. What jujitsu or uh, American Ninja Warrior? You were a wrestler first, right? I was a wrestler. Okay. Back in high school, and I did club level stuff in college. And after college, I, you know, I moved to Texas. So I went to college in Maine. Man, you've been everywhere. I've been everywhere. Damn. And uh, after college, I went down to Texas where I met a wonderful woman. But I happened to fall into jujitsu, and I was like, oh, this is this is really cool. And I had no aspirations of competition. Yeah. So, you know what? I have nowhere to go from wrestling because I'm not going to be an Olympian. That's for damn sure. So I, mean, I feel like you could have been anything you chose to be. Uh, I don't know about all that. But, uh, I mean, I could grapple. So I actually uh, I signed up for this jiu-jitsu competition. I actually it was hosted by uh, Fort Hood Combatives. And I got choked out in 30 seconds. This is before I signed up for my first jiu-jitsu gym. <laughs> I was like, I'm a wrestler. I should be okay. And I beat the first guy, and then the second guy choked me out in 30 seconds. It was horrible. With a guillotine? Yeah. Off of a double leg? Oh, my God. How'd you know? <laughs> it's, like ah. I, it's like I've trained some wrestlers that before, isn't it? <laughs> like you read my mind. Yeah. I mean, they, they kind of have some common movements. They have a predictable yeah. pattern yeah. sometimes. <laughs> I got choked out in my first competition, too, so don't feel bad. That makes you feel much yeah. better. I, got I actually got guillotined from inside my guard. So it was <laughs> Oh, wow. Good. I was in the uh, absolute division back then in Naga. You didn't have to win your division to go to Absolute. You could just sign up for, like, your weight class and mm-hmm. then Absolute. Mm-hmm. So I got in there with this uh, former Marine. I was 135 pounds. He was 180. Mm-hmm. And I got guard. Like, you know, we, neither one of us had any takedowns. So we finally got to the ground. I pulled guard on him, and I went for a hip bump sweep. As soon as I went for a hip bump sweep, he just laps my head up, smashes my nose to my thigh and starts oh. kidding oh god so i'm like bent in half trying not to let my back blow out while choking on this guy's choke and <laughs> yeah whenever he let go i just kind of fell limply to the ground and he picks me up there's a picture somewhere of him holding me up 
while the ref is holding his hand up. Oh, God, that's depressing. Yeah, it was terrible. Well, it wasn't that bad for me. Yeah. But it was bad enough for me to realize that, oh, my gosh, I know nothing about jujitsu. <laughs> I need to sign up at a gym. So I'm in Texas. I'm in San Antonio. And I'm looking around at facilities. And there's this place called Ohana Jiu-Jitsu run by Jason Yarrington, who's a phenomenal person, really humble. And back then, he was a brown belt. And he said, yeah, man, come in. You know, anytime. I sent the their uh, group a Facebook page. Yeah, come in anytime. Check it out. And. The woman at the front desk, she was like, yeah, you know, this is a great place. These are our prices, but, you know, enjoy an open mat for free, you know. So I came in there, and I had a great time. Jason was teaching, and I was hooked, you know, everything that I learned. And, of course, you know, I was one of those guys who was watching UFC, too, at the time. So I was like, yeah, I want to be a fighter. But What, what year was this? Oh, my gosh, 2011, so long ago. Uh, 2011, when I first set foot on a jiu-jitsu mat, and I was hooked. I was going three times a week, and I was coming in early to wrestle with some of the guys who were getting ready for fights. Um, Alex Hernandez, familiar with him? Uh, he's now competing in the UFC. At, uh, at does he train at um, TriStar in Canada? No. Okay. Uh, he's down in San Antonio, too. Okay. Well, uh, you know, people move around all the time. Uh, I wasn't sure if he was training with GSP or not. But uh, so... I was going to wrestling training at six o'clock and at seven o'clock I was going to jujitsu and I was just committed to it and I fell in love and we were competing for the next three years and um, gosh, I, I loved it. And then I moved to Hawaii and I said, well, I mean, I'm in Hawaii. Everyone loves jujitsu in Hawaii and I right. signed up at a chain gym, you know, like a UFC or something. Yes. You can, you can say what, I, you can say the name. I listen, there's only like 40, people with 60 <laughs> people that listen to our podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Might be more if I share the link. That, so that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that, every every week it gets a little bigger. Yeah. Um, so I did sign up at UFC gym, and I can't even remember my coach's name. He was a black belt, and he would always tear me down. I I hated it, you know. And I'd come every Tuesday and Thursday, but I wasn't really into it, right? You no, know? like I was tired of getting torn down over how bad my technique was, and I go to competitions, and he wouldn't coach me. You know, just I, wouldn't? No, he wouldn't help. So, like, was he there and just decided not to come coach you? He was coaching other students? He would always go coach somebody else. And I'd ask him, you know, hey, my match is up. You know, would you mind? And he wouldn't. So, I'd have another teammate. And back then, I hadn't got my blue belt yet. I did by my third year in Hawaii. But I had someone else who was a blue belt, uh, Jacques. And he would, Jacques, sorry. And he would uh, come and coach me. You know, but I ended up, after I got my blue belt, I quit. I was done. That happens a lot. I was so it's tired. not called the blue belt flu for nothing. Well, I, I, it wasn't that I hated competition. It's I hated that I wasn't getting the coaching I wanted. Right. Yeah. You know. So then I moved to Colorado, and I'm not competing for a while. And then I moved here, and I'm like, you know, I got the itch. I, I got it. You know. So found a gym, Spartak, North Carolina, over in Aberdeen, ran by run by Randall Sharp and Pat McNamara, who's free and amazing, insane but amazing. And I got back to competition again. And unfortunately, my first competition after X amount of years gets canceled because of COVID. It was in April, right? Oh, yes. Because I was going to come down and support you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm, man. It's okay. There'll be more. There'll be There'll more. Be more. I'm, I'm going to be yes. ready. You know, I'm going to be ready. I feel we'll, like uh, we'll, be def we'll definitely be doing a road trip down there. For sure. I want to meet Pat. Like, well, don't run. I want to be there to support you, too. <laughs> I really want to train with Pat. So, um, Pat's strength and, training, strength and conditioning program is Phenomenal. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. So the good thing about um, down Aberdeen and that sort of uh, southeastern portion of North Carolina is there's, mm -hmm. there's tons of, like, good jiu-jitsu there. So yeah. there's um, 
uh, Team Rock Southern Pines, which is pretty close to where you're at. Mm-hmm. That's where uh, Lee King and uh, Brian Freeman and a bunch mm-hmm. of those guys train. Yeah. Uh, Roy Marsh, who just recently moved to, well, recently, it was like a year ago, moved to Germany. He He's a black boner to hoist, and he had, uh, he had started that. Then there's Team Rock Fayetteville, which is just outside of Fort Bragg. That's where Rachel trains. Okay. There's like four super, super slick, really talented guys there. I mean, the whole, that whole area has a lot, but I'm just yeah. saying like people that I know, there's, there's his place. There's some places on base on Fort Bragg that have some, you know, they're not open mats, but they're, I don't know, like. They've got a combatist program yeah, up there. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's like open to everybody? Well, it's, or? it's open to, you have to know. Like, like okay, if gotcha. Rachel went, I could go, but I probably couldn't go without Rachel. They don't let just strange people come Yeah, because it, okay. it's on base. I mean, you'd have yeah. to, you'd have to be able to get on base, but. I got gotcha. you. So there's just a lot of like really really good jujitsu there. Andrew Sterner's training yeah. with you now. Yes, he has. So uh, I've, another dog trainer. Yeah, um, I'm. He's actually the guy who runs the Protection Sports Association club that I train with. Mm-hmm. And you know he's the one who introduced me to Spartak and C, where we train jujitsu together. So I, him and I, we now hang out like maybe four or five times a week. Man, he talks so much trash to you. So. Clover posted a bunch of videos. Oh, is it you or does Andrew post a video? One of us posts a video. There's all there's always <laughs> video and 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 Andrew's just and he's just talking trash. He's like he's like, where's your guard at? Past your guard, didn't I? And he's just I'm just like, oh, he's dude. ridiculous. <laughs> it's funny, right? Because he's a white belt, you know, so he likes to talk a lot of shit to me. But he yeah. was he was training at Team Rock or his daughter was training at Team Rock. Son, where, I think son, yeah, son. yeah, you're right. I think I can't recall, but now his son was going to Sparta too, doing Muay Thai as well. His son's maybe eight years old. His, his son's got a bright future ahead of him. Bright future. <laughs> wish I wish I'd have found anything other than baseball when I was eight. That would have been great. Yeah. My dad started me in kung fu, and then I stopped because I've gotten away a hockey season. So oh, I used, to, I used to do ice hockey back then too. <laughs> I cannot see you in, in a hockey on skates. Oh, dude, I'm that was phenomenal. I'm, I'm sure. Phenomenal. <laughs> you see what I tell you? I was beating up my body. Like, good lord. Yeah, man. hockey's Every, not so easy on you. So. So now you're a you're a blue belt. Yes. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you, what are your strategy? Like, do you care about belts? You don't strike me as the kind of guy to give a shit about. Honestly, promotion. I do. Do you, you really? Know, I I see it as a sign of progress, right? It is. It is and that for sure. When I do something, I want to be the best at it, no matter how long it takes. And now that I've gotten back into jujitsu, you know, and I'm shaking the so-called ring rust off. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, here's where I'm at now. I want to compete to see how I fare against others at my level and make adjustments and go from there. You know, when I started, I was all about takedowns. Now I'm more methodical. You know, sure. I pull guard. I've got no Yeah, I don't think that. you, I don't, the, the one time we grappled or the, the day that we grappled, I don't think you, you blast double being across the room, but maybe once. I think, I didn't even do a blast double. I think it was more like <laughs> probably a Probably a single, like, yeah. It's probably like a, sweet, like a yeah. single or a high C or something. Yeah. Like. I just wanted to set a good pace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, I, mean, I knew I was rolling against the brown belt. And a guy who owns yeah. his own gym is the, like, I'm I, not going to make a fool of myself and get choked out in 10 seconds. Was, we'll make it 20. <laughs> here's, here's my thing. I, um, I, it's not that I don't have an ego because I have a huge ego. Uh, I, I work, I want, like people that visit, I've had to tell I've had to tell people, especially if they if they're not if they're lower ranked than me. Mm-hmm. My friend Brad Barnett's a good a good uh, mm-hmm. example. Brad's a four stripe purple belt under Lucas Lepre, okay. you know, nine time world champion, mm-hmm. like, yeah. super. Brad yeah. is a very good grappler, okay. and he uh, competes at everything yeah. local. He's mm-hmm. had so many super fights; it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, and it, amazing and grappler. In the gi, he I, I can't. He smokes me. He he's got all these sort of fancy more. Um, competition style yeah more yeah. more grip centric and technical things that he does that i just don't have an answer for mm-hmm. um it 
at best I can stalemate him, but I can't. Uh, if it were, if we were scoring a round, like he would he would definitely win. If this mm-hmm. were an IBJJF competition, which is what I'm getting a lot of interest in IBJJF. So, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> um, oh dear! But in nogi, I do much better because the rules change a little bit. But what mm-hmm. I would say is, I had had to tell Brad one time. I was like, man, I don't care if you submit me. It's not going. Every person in here has seen me get submitted before. Mm-hmm. It's not going to matter. And for my first so year, like, I was just give all me. about nogi. And after that, it's like, you know, he seems to be a lot more, not, I don't want to say equalizer, but it makes you humble. Because there's a lot more you can do in a gi. I like them both I think. equally. Yeah, exactly. But, Me too. But they certainly have their own separate. Uh, well, I mean, it's two different things. Yeah. To me, I know they're like, almost all two grappling is grappling, yeah. yeah. But gi jiu-jitsu versus no gi, mm-hmm. completely different animals. Yeah, they I really agree. are. I definitely agree. I, I like I like them both. I like them both equally. I, I prefer the rule set, the, the, the more commonly accepted rule set for Nogi, mm-hmm. which uh, for the listeners, um, well, we should, we should first frame it out. So uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is, uh, it often uses traditionally a Gi or a Kimono. And that's the, you know, the traditional garb that you would see a, the karate, a karate guy in, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then nogi is basically shorts and like a t-shirt or a tank top or rash guard or whatever. But there are accepted rules for your belt level and your skill, yeah, your experience yeah. level in both gi and nogi. Mm-hmm. So as an example, I compete in the, whatever the old man division is, masters usually. I think you're a masters one now, I'm right? masters Three in I can IBJJF. Also masters now that I'm 31. Yeah, how exciting! But you're is that? but you're Good in masters luck. one. I'm in. But it's still I'm, I'm in masters, masters three. <laughs> I doubted. I always doubted that I would ever be called a master. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think it. anyone's gonna. Like, Wait till you get say, a purple belt. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be going with the men. <laughs> There's no masters purple yeah. belts. <laughs> but so the rules for nogi in in that are generally accepted are a little more loose than the rules in traditional gi jujitsu. So I, I like them both uh, equally, mm. but I prefer mm. the rule set of expert level no gi jujitsu. Basically, I like twisting lower body locks. I want to do everything, man. Yeah, neck cranks, whatever. Like have I, fun. I'm okay with everything. If it hurts, I'll tap. Except for slams. So eh, if which, you can pick me up, you deserve a slam. I was all about. Well, so there's yeah. a difference between a good takedown and a slam. You have to admit. I agree. I like agree. like if if you, you have can control someone, the fall. Yeah. Well, if someone's in your guard and you get to your feet and you stand up and then just power bomb them on the back of their head, they, that's horrible. Th- like, right. Why would you but, let but them? But that's pick a you slam. Up. That's can, exactly right. Why would you let that's them? That's what I'm you saying. Up? Like I'm good with slams because I'm not going to let you pick me up. I'm but not. If I can five point throw you, I can grab a Roman. You know, from here, if I've got a side body lock, I can throw you over my head and push it back down on the ground on the other side. I'm okay with that. I, I wouldn't call it a slam. You're land, you're going to land back on your belly. Well, exactly. So I think the slam. And I don't know. I'd have to do some studying. Yeah. But to me, uh, if if I were to start a uh, a grappling contest mm-hmm. and I were writing some rules, I would say if at any point an opponent picks you up over their waistline, mm-hmm. if every mm-hmm. part of your body is above that person's waistline, you that might as well be a submission. The match is over. Mm. Well, I mean, how would that work for hip toss? Interesting. Like a hip toss, you're going right over. Or somebody hits a Sayonagi. Well, if we look at uh, um, judo, 
Right? Yeah. That's a number of points, right? Isn't yeah. that almost an automatic win? I'm not familiar no, with No, so judo and ippon, which means your back hits the mat mm-hmm. when when you've been thrown, mm-hmm. that that is the match is over. Yeah. Okay, so it'd be, it'd be almost similar. It'd be similar. It'd be similar. Yeah. I think to me, my biggest complaint is if jujitsu uh, is a game, like mm-hmm. is a sport. Yes. It, it is also a martial art, but the, the sport of Brazilian jujitsu, I get so sick of people butt scooting or like jumping to a flying triangle. Yeah. Or a flying arm. No, bar. if you jump, that's on you. But but, I, like, but what I'm saying is, thing. yeah, you the try. landing's your problem. Yeah, but what you I'm saying to... is, if I if mm. if you're stuck, if if I'm the top player and I get triangled, mm. and mm. and Daniel triangles me from his guard, okay. if I get to my feet and I stand Daniel up and I pick him up over my head, and okay. he continues to hang on to this triangle, mm-hmm. it is not okay with me that I have to be responsible for the way he lands because you yeah. are by the rules you are mm-hmm. like. Daniel should let that go because he should get dropped on yeah, his head. Sure. Like in real life, you could get really hurt that way. Absolutely. That's why you so What if he could choke you out from there? If then he, I'm still coming yeah, down. Let's think about this. If he chokes me <laughs> yeah. out, this this is a classic but example. With gravity, not with extra force. So watch watch the second match of uh, Matt Hughes versus uh, Carlos Newton. Okay. And Matt Hughes gets triangled. Matt Hughes picks Carlos Newton up and, mm-hmm. and kind of stacks him up against the fence. And, yeah. like, you know, Carlos Newton's, like, shoulder high. Yeah. Just as Matt Hughes goes out, he just drops Carlos Newton on the back of his head, uh-huh. knocks Carlos Newton out. When they hit the ground, Matt Hughes is unconscious from the choke. Oh. But because Matt Hughes – because the choke's off, like, mm-hmm. by the time uh, Carlos Newton is knocked out, right? Mm-hmm. So when Matt hits the ground, he wakes up. Mm-hmm. Carlos Newton's out. They awarded the win, which was the welterweight championship at the time, to Matt Hughes. Mm. Oh, well, well, same thing. So they were both out, right? Yeah, but no. like, who got up first? That's that's a little controversial. It is. It oh. was controversial mm. at the time. But no, I meant like if I throw a flying triangle on you and now land on my head, that was my fault. Oh, for that sure. wasn't on you. Yeah. So I mean, like, there's a big difference between slams and flying submissions. Yeah, well, yeah. definitely. Yeah, and and that's the, that's the fun mm. of the rules is like yeah. figuring out figuring out the rules and then kind of figuring out ways to go around them. Mm-hmm. Like, like in a dog sport, uh, you know, you don't want to, when you're trying to train a dog, you don't want to have all these tee-ups and cues mm-hmm. that the, that the dog can read on you. Mm-hmm. But like for, for trial, you're like, oh, I wonder if I can get by what with this little cue. Yeah. With yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I can get my points. If I move my elbow a little bit, will a dog pay it's attention like, and kind of scoot out some, you know, I mean, there, there's all sorts of tricks. To I want to say I trust my dog, but. Hey, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. <laughs> That's what the race car show. <laughs> yeah. All right, mm. let's talk about. Oh, right, wait. Okay, I was about to say. Let's continue where we're at now. Good. So, when did you start doing the smokers? Oh my gosh! So, tell everybody what a smoker is, because that's sort yeah, of a, yeah. Tell me. Actually, tell everybody me what tell you. Beber said was wrong, <laughs> or that you said was wrong with Beber's intro. So, Jason, he did say I was an amateur MMA fighter. Not true. Was not. Wanted to make that clear. Um, I just did a couple smokers for our fighters. At Ohana Jiu-Jitsu, and Smoker is basically an exhibition match to help them get ready, right? Mm-hmm. So we had a couple guys getting ready. So we had a couple Smoker nights where mm-hmm. I come in and we'd host a small crowd of people, family, friends, and whatnot. It's totally illegal, too, by the way. Yeah. I was about to say, let's say what a Smoker actually is. <laughs> oh, a well. Smoker is actually a way to test out your fighter without it going negatively against yeah, the record, without them having a record. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you lose, you are not an zero and one amateur fighter. It was just an exhibition well, smoker. And, and the reason is because it wasn't sanctioned by any sort of athletic yeah. commission. Yeah, that's, there's also a lot of fees you don't have to pay when yeah. you do those. Fair enough. Yeah. I've also heard them <laughs> called sparring matches. Yeah, yeah. I would call this a sparring match. 
So okay. I did a couple of them. Full contact guys. sparring matches. Mm. Well, we had our. You could, you were allowed to wear a helmet if you wanted to, and we had our. And everyone guns. would make fun of you. If I was you about did. to say who I mean, wore helmets. I didn't. <laughs> right. But um, so we had a couple of smokers, and I did fairly well. Mm. Um, and I some I did not do fairly well. Yeah. Um, but I still got my experience, quote unquote, in the cage. Um, mm. My biggest thing was, um, I came from a wrestling background. So I could grind against the cage with some of our fighters who were working on that. So um, obviously my jujitsu game back at that, back then was not that great, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you it is now. Wait, y'all did in-house smokers? Yes. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I've I, never heard of that. They were just sparring once. Really? Usually, like a gym. Well, we goes to another gym. We'd for invite a some people to come. Through. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. We'd invite other fighters yeah. to come. Through. I thought it was pretty rare that like teammates did smokers against other teammates. Why don't you just spar? One of our competitors did that. They actually got in trouble for it. Yeah. Imagine that. Oh, go Continue. Wow. I'm sorry. No, no, yeah. I'm not. You start advertising illegal activity. It sometimes bites you in the ass. <laughs> I can imagine so. Um, so did that a couple times. I think maybe I got into the cage for maybe two or three times. And it was, it was a fun time. You know, yeah. I got to experience walking into a cage. We had a band come out. That was pretty cool. <laughs> nice. um, so y'all legitimately had MMA matches in your, in your gym? I suppose so. Is that you making all that noise with that thing? Oh, I guess it is. Stop Oops. it. Oh, my bad. You need a... That's you. Do I have a fidget spinner? Yeah. <laughs> do you have one? I got a pocket knife. You could... They I could got a chew clear around here somewhere. You don't want me to have that. <laughs> I might poke myself. Yeah. Uh, so I did that a couple times. And then... What was the next part of the question? Hmm? Smokers. Yeah. MMA. No. MMA. So, yeah. Not an MMA Oh, fighter. when did you... See, this was while you were in Hawaii. This was That was in Texas. Texas. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Uh, Hawaii, I never set foot in the cage. Like I said, I kind of lost the passion for it after having yeah. a bad coach. Um, we had a couple of coaches who were professional fighters. Um, most yeah. of them did Muay Thai. Um, I think, no, we had one who was also an MMA fighter. Um, but I never went to any matches or anything, even though I got invited to. I just lost the passion for it. So this was when you were in Texas when you first started jiu-jitsu. Yes. Did you have any type of striking training? Um, I would go to striking while I was doing jiu-jitsu there. So I'd come for Muay Thai. Before jujitsu. So wait, how many? Like, how much training are we talking about? Yeah, that's maybe. I think my first one was maybe eleven months in. Oh, okay, gotcha. I thought he was gonna say like a couple of months of jujitsu and muay thai, and oh, then no, jumped no, into no. a smoke. Yeah, but I mean, no. look at this guy. He, he, he can do anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hard no. He's he's selling he's selling a bad card. You folks. It's not now. true. It's not true. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Okay, so I mean, I am in shape. Let's leave it at that. I, I'm you're you're obsessed over doing awesome things. I mean, it's not like say they don't undersell yourself. Enjoy you're, them to the point where if I'm going to do them, I need to be in shape enough to do them well. Exactly. Right? Okay. Whatever. You're yeah, not. You're you not gotta obsessed. get in shape. You stay in shape. I agree. Yeah. Exactly. I, I'm committed to. I'm in shape. Don't you? Don't you ask with me? <laughs> I don't. I don't look like you two, but um, I'm in shape. I'm Mr. I can, I can 195 as, COVID. Uh, I'm 188 <laughs> today, bro. I'm, I'm 188. See, All right in the club. You're a different 188. I was about than to me, say there's differences between 188. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So all right. So we got that. So I thought you were doing jujitsu like you got your blue belt and then you did smokers, but you did those as a white belt. As a white belt. Yeah. Okay. So um, when did you do the uh, Ninja Warrior Challenge? So I. Did, so let me back up. Um, I signed up for American Ninja Warrior on my 30th birthday, okay. January 5th. Yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm turning 30 this year. Let me go ahead and just do something awesome. Yeah. Well, American Ninja Warrior is um, looking for people to sign up. Let me sign up. So I sent him a picture. I sent him a video yeah. of me working some police dogs. And then I didn't hear anything back. 
and then in so April, this was recent no this was last no not this january but i mean january 2019 that's still pretty that's recent recent yeah. yes okay yeah. so son of in january and didn't hear anything back and then my family's moving to north carolina in april and we're driving across the country from colorado to north carolina and i got a phone call from california i don't know anybody in california at least i don't think i do and answer it like hey is this clover and i was like yeah it is who's this this is so-and-so with such-and-such producing production company and we liked your entrance video for american ninja warrior how do you want to you feel how do you feel about competing it's like absolutely <laughs> when like, well we need you to fly out next week to washington state and i said oh my god i haven't even got to my new home yet yeah but okay i'll sign up <laughs> So you have I, a very loving wife. I do. I actually called her because she's in the car behind me. And I was like, so I just got the phone call. Do you mind if I fly to Washington State next week? And she's like, for what? And I was like, oh, well, Major Warrior. So, well, I guess. Yeah, go ahead and do it. That's pretty awesome. So, and then I signed out. I flew out there in May. It was, it was May, the first week of May that I did it. And I'm in Washington State, and there's like a couple hundred people out there out the gate just line up just to get their chance because they did a lottery too right they had a lottery system where you could just wait in line and maybe they'll call your number and i was one of the guys wow. who got picked you know to yeah. be out there oh, you so know, you got the in yeah All i right. got the in guaranteed to be on the show so had me out there they do these interviews with me and stuff about my background and whatnot they're filming me doing these so-and-so power moves and whatnot they've got music playing and stuff they got me on this little stand where they're doing this 180 thing with you it's it's really cool and so wait a minute you were basically a stripper is what you just described well i mean i'm not gonna say it wasn't I mean, <laughs> you gotta sell it man <laughs> i mean it, it was great you know and there was yeah. i met all these professional um ninja warriors and then people from all the other backgrounds right like there's yeah. this guy who held the guinness world record for jump roping i met a couple of former olympians okay you know? i mean it was it was really cool yeah. and then i meet these professional ninja warrior guys and girls right um like Jesse Graff, and then oh, that's awesome, dude. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> oh man, she's freaking amazing. I follow her on everything, yeah, yeah. and she's just awesome. Yeah, she's physically, yeah, she's awesome. Maybe not the yeah. nicest person is what you're trying to say. Yeah, I'll go with that. Maybe. Okay, yeah. we're gonna go. With it. Uh, we'll talk trash about her later. I watch her videos and look at pictures, man. Like it's that's it. She knows she knows what she's doing. I'll leave it. Oh, right. yeah, but yeah. I mean, and then I'm waiting in line the next day for them to call my number, and then all of a sudden I'm up there. I'm on the stage and they're giving me a countdown. Three, two, one. I've got friends and family in the stands who flew out or drove up, from, you know, and I'm like, okay, here we go. And the first obstacle is the mushroom steps, and I nailed them, right? Yeah. Flying through. I was like, Had well, you ever practiced any of these events beforehand? All I can do, all I can say is that in order to prep for it, I just did a bunch of fingertip pull ups. Yeah. So do you, do you know that there are places that specialize oh, in, 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 in Denver, that there, there training? Were a few. Okay. Um, I just hadn't thought about signing up until after I left Denver. Yeah. I think there's a couple in Charlotte, actually. There's there's definitely one yeah. at uh, in Southern Virginia. I don't remember which town. Uh, you remember Gerard that used to train with this guy with the long hair? He yeah. was a crazy white belt. Oh, the yeah. Mountaineer? Yeah, that's what he does yeah. now. He works at one of those places. Oh, shit. Doing rock climbing helped out a lot. Yeah. So yeah. I used to be a rock climber. So I just did a bunch of fingertip pull-ups in my garage, you know, hung up some uh, rock rings, whatnot. That's it. And, that was your training? Yeah. Okay. And um, so I got out there on the stage, do the first mushroom steps, you know, where you're hopping along. Yeah. I saw everyone take their time, and they told us, you know, the fastest times, fastest, like, so-and-so, I can't remember the number, was going to move on to the next um, set, the next day. Yeah. You know, the, the farther you go and the faster you get there, 
you're going to move on. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I'm not going to stop at each obstacle. I'm just going to keep blazing through. And if I fall, I fall. So I did the mushroom steps to the rope and I cleared that and it did just fine. And the next one was this pendulum swinging thing. I can't remember what the obstacle was called, but I hit the trampoline and I just jumped right up there and I grabbed my fingertips and I'm like, okay, this isn't that bad. Cause I had watched one guy jump up there and crack his head on it and fall into the water. And I was like, well, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna make sure that doesn't and happen. And maybe drowns, you know? <laughs> well, the water's not that deep. No. I mean, if you're knocked out, it don't matter how deep it is. <laughs> I guess and they got some medical report. There's people there, you're yeah. fine. And I, I hit that one, I did just fine. So I'm swinging on the pendulum and I got to jump to another pendulum that's hanging perpendicular. And I just use my momentum to carry me to the next one and I climb up to the handle and most people were letting it swing back and forth two or three times before they jumped off. And I said, well, here goes nothing. First swing. First swing. Yep. Nailed it. I was like, okay, we're doing good. And what was the next obstacle? Oh, it was this barrel roll thing. Oh, God. And I jump up to the barrel off the trampoline. Again, first step. And you have to climb up this ladder that's hanging from the barrel. And then you have to swing over to another barrel. Okay. So you have to pendulum swing. You move from the ladder to this barrel that's next to it and then swing to the other barrel. And I did just fine. Got it. And then they got a free-floating barrel that you're hanging on now. So, okay, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. Everyone, they left this in the practice area. We can kind of practice it. And uh, just that one obstacle. Just that one. And I didn't practice it. So, <laughs> of you, course. You can see where I'm going with this, so right? So, how big is this barrel? It's uh like 55-gallon drum or? It's like the size of a keg. Oh, God. And okay. there's one hand that you can swing on, and you're not allowed to use your feet to kick off or anything. You just grab it and then drop, right? Yeah. And other people were practicing it, and I didn't practice it. So I grab it, and at the time, I was sitting at 192. And I'm like, I'm going to swing out. And I didn't swing out. I just swung straight down <laughs> into the water I go. But uh, I had a great time. It was That's awesome. good enough that everyone, when I went back to the staging area, it was like, holy shit, you were flying. Some of the professionals were like, that was a hell of a run. How many how many years have you been training? And I was like, oh, never. <laughs> and, and, and now they feel terrible <laughs> I mean I don't feel bad about it not I mean, you I'm saying them you just yeah. busted their they're like bro I've been oh, doing this dude. my whole life shoot there's people out there who did a hell of a better um, chance than I did um, hmm. so the next day they let us practice the final scores to kind of make sure it was ready and stuff and I actually did really well in the final scores uh, unfortunately nice. it wasn't good enough to you know make go me, to the next day go to the next day yeah but um, I mean it, I was out there for the experience yeah you know, and mm-hmm. I had a hell of a time. You know, production company was really cool. Meeting all those other ninjas was really cool. Mm-hmm. And my people were like, hey, you know, hey, are you going to do it again? I was like, oh, well, we'll see. Who knows? Yeah. We'll see. Who knows no, what the like, next big thing is? Just... The Rock's got a show on TV called Strong. You know, people are like, you should sign up for that. So, you know, why not? Yeah. If I... they bring back American Gladiator, I would totally sign up for that. <laughs> Hands down, would sign up. My dad we'll signed up for it. I would sign up for it, too. Yeah. Definitely would. I was going to... Uh... Okay, let me back up a little bit. Stone Cold Steve Austin has one called the Skull Crusher yeah. Ranch. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that one? Yes, I have. So uh, whenever why, they started... Why does this not surprise me, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> so whenever they started promoting that, um, I actually got in contact with them because I wanted a chance to get on that. You know, like Stone Cold was doing like a promo video and they were mm-hmm. talking about the obstacles. Like they hadn't had anybody run through it yet. Mm-hmm. And I contacted them to ask them about it. And I like, gave them the whole spill. You know, I trained jiu-jitsu. I'm a personal trainer, all this stuff. And uh, the guy who messaged me back said, we just finished filming season one, but if we get picked up for another season, we'll contact you and find out. So I was like, okay, cool. So the first season comes out. I watch it. I think it was on like CMT or something like that. It was on like some weird channel. And after that. Keep talking. And after that, 
um, the dude contacted me back and he said, Hey, we're doing like tryouts, you know, do the video submission, uh, mm-hmm. like messaging back is like, so what all does this entail? And they told me about all the travel and basically you're paying yeah. your way to be through there. Yeah. So that's the only reason I didn't pursue that, but I really want to do that one. So, so um, we actually have a friend who was on season four, I think skull crusher ranch we do yeah who? bobby Gurley. oh yeah yeah that's right that. i forgot about that do you know bobby Gurley? i do not yeah and you, then i found you, out like you and him would be best buddies oh, he's yes. a he's a he's a dude like you just a extreme uh athlete just does finds anything mm-hmm. that that challenges him and just blows it out of the water yeah. also a black belt in jiu-jitsu and no, a very perfect. large man. Very large man. And uh, former Strike, strike force, force heavyweight. Oh, dang. Uh, yeah. Does like all these. Uh, on Skull Crusher Ranch. Uh, he, he was trying to get on Survivor season. On Survivor. Whatever. See, that's something season, I like probably would something. not do. Or what is that show? Uh, Alone? Naked and Afraid? Naked that, and Afraid. Yeah, yeah. I watched I that show. For that. But there's a whole bunch of ladies that would be like, ooh, we're going to get some Naked and Afraid out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to see me Naked and Afraid. I promise you that. <laughs> Like, nah, man, put your clothes back on, yeah. please. Too many bugs in those areas, exactly. man. Bugs. I don't want bugs messing with my downstairs. <laughs> same, yeah. same. I like to keep that stuff yeah. good. Yeah. I ain't trying to get bit. We do, like, exactly. banana hammock in afraid. I'm all for that. <laughs> I could do that. I'd be okay with that. I would do a full spread there. Cool a, full, a full spread? Full, full spread. spread. Yeah. Mm. Okay, then. There we go. Hey, I feel like you are a stripper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, I sort of have a similar, well... Phoenix keeps me. It, it's such a it's such a great. How do I say this? It is a very awesome uh, thing to be involved with, like the this exercise the, the, modality, the, the founding of this team, and the, oh, talk shit about me. I know that was completely me. That My was bad. trash. So, like, you know, the ability to, or the, I don't know, the responsibility of being sort of married to this team and to to instructing and my students and that sort of thing is like a huge honor and it's very, very uh, fulfilling. Mm-hmm. But there are also a lot of things that I would like to do that I just simply can't because I'm married to this team. Mm-hmm. Um, Tar Hill Canine had a, like a, what was it? A, like an apprenticeship. Okay. Uh, and I was like, man, I should go do this. And they, they like, they were like, yes, we'd love to have you. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, well, what am I going to do with Phoenix Jiu Jitsu? Yeah. You know, I can't just go, move to the eastern part of the state for six months on like a two-week notice you know yeah you, you got your priorities that you got to handle <laughs> and that's a big thing too man like if i were to do like the ninja warrior or something like that i mean it's time off you have to take from clients everything it's, else it's I understand that, you know, yeah. And, yeah. You know, i took time away from my family after we had just moved here you know we're sitting there living in a hotel for a while you know so it's one of those things where it's like you know if we're going to do this I have to understand that hey i'm going to be making some sacrifices and it's going to be hard on both of us you know mm-hmm. um but in the end, you know, for me, it's definitely worthwhile. Yeah. Um, my wife was really cool with it. So it was all in the end, it, it actually uh, went out really well. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So tell us about, I, I want to, what are your plans? You know, we talked about jujitsu competition. Oh, you, yes. You're getting ready to compete in uh, PSA. Yes. So for the, I, and I'm not, um, I'm not extremely well versed in the rule set of all the different uh, protection sports, but PSA is uh, it was kind of made by the engineered by not Buddy Lawson. Who is it? Uh, what's the guy that owns Tar Heel K9? Jerry Bradshaw. Jerry Bradshaw and another guy. They um, Jerry Bradshaw is a really famous, like super famous dog breeder and trainer and handler and and all these things. 
who lives in like close to Raleigh, like uh, uh, Sanford, 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 North Carolina. Or and, that's where their company's based. Yeah, yes. and uh, they have a company called Tar Heel Canine, and they they specialize in breeding and training working dogs. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Jerry and another fellow created this sport that in their opinion sort of highlights the best in dogs now it should be noted right should be noted there are at least five other sports other other protection sports ring sport the rules are a little bit different that the scoring might be different so Mm -hmm. so there's uh, so just like jujitsu every organization has its own it's not really like jujitsu it's more like it's more like the difference between Naga, New Breed, IBJJ. That's what I mean. Good the fight. different competitions yeah. in yeah. Jiu-Jitsu have different rules, but they're still somewhat it's similar. similar. They're yeah. all similar. Yeah. So, like, Schutzen is the sort of the German version, which is kind of the origina- originator of these mm-hmm. dog sports. There's French ring, Belgian ring. KNPV sports. KNPV. Oh. So, those are all European. Those are, like, uh, KNPV is Holland, yes. right? Mm-hmm. French ring is obviously mm-hmm. French. You've got Mondio. Mondio ring and... Uh, uh, the other one, like, there's another ring sport that is from Belgium. But they're all for protection dogs. They, they, they sort of focus on extreme uh, obedience mixed with protection. Okay. So so a lot of times there's a there's an obedience day and a protection day, but it's always focused around... Uh, so like there's one r- really simple exercise, the call-off. So you got a decoy downfield... <laughs> Well, yeah, so yeah. Well. If you, if as a layman, you watch this, you're like, oh, that's pretty easy. But I mean, there's, it is very difficult to train the dog, the handler, to communicate this way. So, yeah. you got a decoy down downfield, way the, down the field, and and the decoy. If you're a good decoy, your job is to get the dog excited, and and the dog wants to bite you for mm. sure, right? You got a clatter stick or a whip, and you're, you know, the dog's like, let me at him, dad. You know? You're agitating the dog, and the dog's like, oh, I'm gonna. Get He's like, this I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get him. I'm <laughs> you know, gonna get him, and. Right? Turn you the dog loose, dog, right? All the way down that field. And when the judge tells you to, you need to call your dog back before he gets that guy. Yeah. Oh, so he's not allowed to bite. No, exactly. Oh, he's, not, he's, he's not allowed, allowed to touch him. him. He's not oh, even allowed to bump shit. into it. If he bumps, what kind him, of distance we're talking here? Uh, fifty yards, forty yards, maybe. Fifty. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Fifty. 50. Half and a football field. They will score you if your dog touches them. You'll get you, you get uh, disqualified if your dog touches them. But they want your dog to get as close as possible before you call them off. Damn. Right? <laughs> and then return to you. Now, we talked about drive satisfaction. Oh, so right? he's not just stopping. Like, no, he no, has no. to stop he and disengage. Stop. In some sports, and, stop. And recall. In some and sports, it's recall. Yeah. Right? Oh, so dude. you got all I bet that there. dog's pissed. Right? It just walks backwards tail twins. So, <laughs> so they you don't need walk. to have conditioned your dog <laughs> that, yes, I can get drive satisfaction from that guy, but yeah. it's more important to go back to dad or mom right down here and heal. Yeah, so they don't just come trotting back. I mean, they have to come back like a laser beam and then flip into the heel position. They're not. They're yeah. not like. Well, I mean, okay. like it's pissed coming back. Like yeah. it, it ain't happening. Maybe. Well, if you condition them right, they should be just as excited. Yeah. I can tell you. So uh, last time I was in the suit, there's, there's actually a video of this. Um, my buddy um, Stephen Duty, we just call him Duty Duty Rocker on uh, IG. So uh, <laughs> Duty's got this this dog uh, Murphy Murphy. And, and Murph's a pretty cool dog. I like him. I like him a lot. He's a sweetheart. But he's a biting fucker. He he is a <laughs> monster, right? And he's he doesn't have the the most dialed in obedience. Especially it's it's mostly him. Don't knock it. Neither I, no, does no. my dog. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> knocking nobody. My, my dogs are not good, like in comparison. To, yeah. So I'm not talking trash. I'm yeah. saying as a decoy, we were we set up a scenario. We we're going to have a call off on Murphy, and I'm out there. Mm. 
hey dog clacking and i'm, I'm yeah. like oh murphy's coming in hot <laughs> and <laughs> and duty calls him off about oh three seconds too late and you're talking about a dog that's running 40 miles an hour at full bore <laughs> and he's murphy's probably 75 pounds what do you think maybe 80 so he oh, calls right. him off in he, the air a, yeah he calls him off in air and i'm like he's gonna call him he's gonna call him he's gonna call him he's gonna call him, <laughs> gonna call him. and the dog just bang just I mean Damn smashes there. into me in full run I mean yeah. smashes me to the ground dragging me all around <laughs> and everybody's howling laughing it's on video like it's, the, you right it's now, the funniest thing ever if you want to train a call with me it would not work because my dog doesn't have a call yet <laughs> right? and you've seen him I'll run. decoy for you <laughs> right Mm. Well, so as long as I know it, but I was like, I mean, because Murphy's real good. I mean, I expect him to do what he's what he's. You weren't braced for impact. No, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, well, he's going to recall. He's going to recall. He's going to recall. Nope, (laughs) it just smashes into me. You know what they say: one life, roll the dice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's kind of why I like decoying. It's uh, it's much like jujitsu. You're you're sparring Mm. with the dog. Like your job is to. Your job is to be a, a good coach. Right. Have you ever called it flow rolling before? Yeah, yeah. for sure. So I consider it Show flow me your tattoo. Yeah, Daniel has oh, yeah. flow with the go. On oh, his, that's on his awesome. Yeah. I like that. So I call, it, I call it just like flow rolling. When you're training a dog in a suit, you're flow rolling with the dog. I can see that. Yeah, I mean, they're supposed to win. Yeah. But you have to make it challenging and interesting for them to win. It seems like there's a very thin line just from conversations me and you had between making it challenging and still keeping it safe for the dog. Sure. So, like, trying to make it to where, you know, like, they're excited ain't the same old shit. But at the same time, you're being careful not to, like, drop the dog or make sure you don't, like, get the dog to overextend itself or something like that. Push the thresholds while maintaining safety for dog and for So, okay. So, let's say we've got, you know, whoever's dog. Like, one of the good, one of the better dogs, one of the best dogs, whatever. You're going for bicep, and you're trying to keep it interesting and keep them safe. What does that entail? So I want to make sure this dog is staying on the bicep. I'm, I'm prepping them by reacting to the grip, right? Okay. But every so often. So I'll, when you I'll say reacting to the yeah, grip, yeah. describe that. So, so let's say the dog's feet just left so, the ground. What are you doing? So there's this dog, Lena, at our PSA club. It's owned by Andrew Sterner, and she's yeah. a monster. We're going to have Andrew on the I, w- I want to have Andrew on the podcast. You should. That'd you be should, interesting. And you should also have him at, at, at Jiu-Jitsu. For sure. Let's do that. We should all come out. <laughs> let's do it. Um, anyway, so I've got his dog, Lena, who's by far, she's built like a male dog. She's a monster. She's huge. Uh, she's a beautiful Malinois and one of the shit, she's maybe 70 pounds, but, uh, she has a big dog. So she hits hard, Mm. right? She hits hard. And let's say we're conditioning her to stay on the grip and not anticipate outing. So yeah, some dogs have been conditioned so much that when the decoy stops up, time to let go because I'm going to get outed. So if I want to condition this dog to stay on and not, you know, anticipate. So I've got her on my bicep, right? She's punching in deeper and I'm reacting by twitching my arm and making vocalizations like, ah, ah, right? So that way she's getting drive satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And every so often I'll stop, right? But then I'll start up again, okay? That way she's like, oh, I'm still going. I'm still staying in this fight. So that way she doesn't understand or doesn't think that the out is coming at any given point. I stop. Gotcha. It should be coming when the ad says stop yeah. or out. So a lot of dogs, and it, you know, it's funny, even as a, I mean, I'm not like an expert dog trainer or decoy or anything like that, but yeah. you know, I have a, a lot more experience than the average person. Yeah. Uh, so I find even, even myself, you, you unwillingly or unknowingly condition dogs, any dog for mm-hmm. interesting things. Here's a good example. I'll bring Atlas out the back door of my house. Atlas loves water. He'll drink all the water you'll give him. So you kind of have to limit his water intake. 
Yeah, my dog too. Yeah, and a lot of high drive dogs were just like, <clears throat> we'll eat all the food and drink all the water, no matter what. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Damn. It's just a resource. They're mm. they're so yeah. um, they're so they're like they're so uh, genetically designed to be like uh, not aggressive. Take but, it when you can get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we come out of the house. I'll make him sit. I'll pour a bowl of water. And what I noticed is he's so used to me uh, releasing him to get water on this very specific, like as soon as the water stops pouring out of the jug and I start moving it back to its place, he, he anticipates my release. Yeah. Mm. So, so dogs training mm. me, not the other way around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So I see him move and I give him the release because mm-hmm. in my head, I'm like, Oh, I released him. No, you didn't. The dog's moving. You released him. Mm-hmm. So, so I have to be conscious of that. Yeah. So I will often, I'll, I'll make him sit. I'll pour a little bit of the water. I'll put the jug back up. He starts to, I'm like, no, you, you ain't been released yet. And then yeah. I go back, I pour some more water because they, they will start to time these things that we don't think about. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. we aren't aware that they're timing these things. So how that relates to biting is that it, everybody sort of has like an internal clock. You send your dog, dog plays with the decoy, digs yeah. in a little bit, decoy reacts. They have some fun, you know, 40 seconds are gone out, mm. dog outs, comes back to you. And then we play this game like over and over again. Mm-hmm. So what Clover's talking about is uh, making the game more like a slot machine. You don't know that if every time you pull the handle, yeah. so, so you're going to win a reward. That's a yeah. good analogy. I like that. I read it in a dog training book. Oh, I clever. didn't make it up. <laughs> Which one? Uh, I don't know. Oh. Well, thanks for sharing. I, well, I'll look for it. I think it is a, a Schutzen book, actually. The first one I ever bought. Well, I guess I can read a Schutzen book. I'm not a big fan either, but, you know, it's, it's pretty boring to me. I, I, Schutzen is like, it's like watching a, a ballet. Mm-hmm. So it's the same. It's routine-based. Yeah, it's routine-based. It's the same. Yeah, I will say I've seen some impressive Schutzen dogs. For uh, sure. In fact, the new puppy I got came out of a Schutzen breeding. Uh, yeah. Yes. And I'm actually really happy with her. Yeah, so... So Schutzen is like a sport where the dog, the protection aspect, the dogs run what's called the blinds. And the decoy is almost always in the same blind. And the decoy, they're not even called decoys there. They're helpers because they helpers. just have a sleeve. Uh, and they, it's a very predictable pattern. You're yeah. not, you're not, you're not um, training the dog and to be obedient and the handler to, to work together. It's like a play. It happens the same way every time. You're training the dog to run this pattern as efficiently and perfectly as possible. Yeah. Right. So the dog's not thinking whatsoever. It's well, just he's thinking about rolling through the motions. You, but but the motions are always the same. No, yeah. so I've seen some dogs, and forgive me for interrupting, but I've seen please. some some trainers who've conditioned the dog to expect that the decoy could be in any blind, huh. where they'll put the decoy in any of the blinds on the field, right? And the blind is just this large triangle teepee looking. It almost looks like a teepee. So the it, dog has hiding. to like run in each one. To yeah, see to search okay. for, the, right for the back one. And I've seen some dogs who look in each blind expecting a decoy, which is pretty impressive. And those are some of those higher caliber dogs. Sure. Those good, higher caliber trainers. Hmm. Well, it, any, I would, I would encourage anyone who has any interest in, in dogs in general to just go on YouTube and watch hmm. some, look at some Schutzen trials, watch some PSA trials. Yeah. Like, oh, like yeah, it's, absolutely. it's really, so, uh, Mondio ring, French ring. Mondio ring, ring to me is the coolest because oh they have gosh. all these scenarios that aren't practiced. Hmm. So like the dog has to be aware. You, you don't know what the course is going to look like before you get there. Yeah. So the, the course could change. Yeah. It does change like every, every time. Well, ring sport decoys and dogs are. It's, it's fun to watch. Like even no, if you don't know anything about dog training, it's fun to watch these dogs mm-hmm. work. 
Well, so, like, y'all are probably going to think this is stupid, but there's a, a TV show called Seal Team. It's got David Boreanaz in it. I've never seen it. And it's Did it a hair cool. missile? Huh? Did it a hair missile is the dog on there. You know it? I don't know her per oh, se. Okay. Does she play a male dog? But it's, it's her. Did it, did it, did it yeah, yeah. Um, but that dog so is freaking amazing. Justin Melnick is the owner and handler on the show. He's and, the handler on the show too. Yes. Okay. And um, he is friends with the guys that work for their HRD team. So that, um, yeah, I know oh. of her. I've seen some of her stuff. I've seen. I've, I follow her Instagram. So. <laughs> she had. Oh, I gotta check that out, man. <laughs> but no, like, there's one episode on there to where, and like, she's in all the episodes. She's like the team dog. And there was one episode on there where they like put a camera on her vest because she's going in to check out a building. So, A, she climbs a ladder to the side of the building, yeah. which I've never seen a dog climb a ladder, which is pretty badass. Oh, rookie. <laughs> Not even a rookie. Like, I, I've never even started. <laughs> oh, uninitiated. <laughs> uninitiated. There we go. But she climbs a ladder, goes to a window, and like you're seeing the camera on top of her. So, mm-hmm. she's going through like these labyrinths and he's calling her and like it looks like it's actually her handler. But um, she, like, goes in this room, sees this dude, and just drops him. Like, you, like they set the camera up to where he basically takes the full hit, and you get to see her control him on the ground, mm-hmm. which is just badass. But um, outside of, like, the barracks in that same episode, he has a bite suit on, but it's literally just a jacket. Like, there's no pants, sure. no nothing. Well, a lot of times, uh, so it makes me real nervous. So, so. Well, and yeah. Clover, you could, he would know more than me, but, uh, yeah. so... All the dogs that I work with for the club that I that I train at, yeah, um, we have uh, all the, almost all the dogs bite legs except for Nadia. Nadia doesn't bite legs. <laughs> Nadia's my dog. <laughs> Is there right like a reason behind? No, that I just, just never worked with her, and she's oh, okay, she's gotcha. a little older now, so it's not like uh, it's not like I wouldn't allow her to. But it's just like she's not gonna. She's never gonna be like a, a sport dog. She's never gonna go to trial or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna focus on it too much, but. So is that a harder aspect? Yeah, no, it's just a target. Or? I mean, okay. I, I don't just know. An alternative target in P- target, but in PSA, um, you put a dog on legs if they can't handle being up here from frontal pressure on the bicep. What do you mean by frontal pressure? So, like hanging have, by our jaws. Or? When you've got a dog running at a guy, right? You're running for each other. You put that dog up top in the bicep. I can look at that dog and stare at him, and I can yell at him right here. I'm putting a yeah. lot of pressure on them, frontal pressure. They're down here. They're away from pressure, right? Rather than they can't escape it because I can still clatter the stick over them and whatnot, but they're away from my face. I am not screaming in them in their face now. Okay, gotcha. being a decoy is part athlete and part actor. Well, that's why I figured it'd be harder for a dog to hit the leg just because you got the body weight behind I don't, that. I don't with think the it's bicep, harder. you can kind of it's harder move on a decoy. With it's harder on a decoy. Hard hitting, fast dog. They'll um, snatch your feet out from like, under you. There's a dog <laughs> in our club, Axel, who's actually a son of Lena hard-hitting monster female yeah and he's on legs and he's a hard hitter and i've i'm constantly worried about my acl being tear by that dog seriously and so when he hits you and you if you don't spin right you could either jam and break his neck you could oh, damage dude. your knee you could tear acl i mean yeah it can happen you know that's why i said with those ring sport guys who catch legs all the time right there's some of the fanciest decoys i've ever seen and they've got some phenomenal footwork it's like michael jackson in a bite suit yeah it really is <laughs> so um those dogs, uh, dogs that will bite legs and yeah. arms, I and I w- I personally won't go onto the field without wearing the entire suit because you can wear just a jacket if yeah. you want, okay. or, or just the legs. 
wearing just the legs to me is more dangerous than wearing oh, like wearing yeah. just the pants is way more dangerous than wearing just the jacket because yeah. all all work not all but the, all the working dogs I've ever messed with will attack arms. Yeah. Only like let's say seventy percent of them will attack legs. So if you got a dog that's you know biting on your leg and then it turns loose and transfers and wants to go to your arm and you ain't wearing a jacket satisfaction yeah. up higher a lot more than he has down there oh so they'll go from one to the other not, we don't on, want not on purpose that's not intentional oh, okay, gotcha. i've seen some dogs do it like if i've got a dog who's been shown my forearm for a hundred bites and now i'm saying hey bite my leg this first time what does he want more where did he get satisfaction more yeah. uh, on that forearm? he's gonna come off like, like it, uh, it is Likely that he'll come off and go. I have made it. that mistake once or twice yeah. in my career. We're going to patrol dog who wasn't biting legs. And I was like, well, let me just put the pants on. He'll bite that. And he was like, well, I want you up there. I don't and want the leg. Like, well, at least you're on a back tie. So yeah. that ripped my shirt, but kept my skin. So we're okay. So well, what do patrol dogs, what do you normally train patrol dogs I mean, for? Upper by? We want them to target anything. anything. We want them Dirty. as opportunistic as possible. Yeah. Right. So we'll teach them a forearm, a bicep, thigh, tricep, shin, chest. You go over shin oh, too. Oh my god! Doesn't matter. Oh. Whatever they'll bite. There's this dog in Utah. His name is Canine Roni, and he's an insta famous dog. Um, but oh my god! <laughs> insta famous so, dog. His buddy, his handler's my buddy, and the first time I worked that dog, I could feel my shin bending, and I kid you not, my soul left my body. <laughs> I I didn't want to say, hey, get this fucker off, but I was I couldn't react to the dog the way I wanted to because I was clenched so tight. It was horrible. So horrible. Okay, so two questions on that. How did you want to react to the dog? So I wanted do you to want to go to the knee? Reaction. No, I want him on my shit. He wanted to scream like a but, bitch and be like, saying, hey, get this dog off hit me. The knee or you want to hit your ass? Like well, what I'm, what is I'm, your goal? So as I'm on a the ground with him and I'm supposed to be moving backwards every time he bunches in deeper. Not trying to kidding. back up and yeah. get away. Okay, so, gotcha. no, not necessarily get away, but show that he's punching in deeper and getting a reaction out of me. Gotcha. At that time, I was frozen, clenching my fists, <laughs> gritting my teeth. There's a picture of it on my Instagram, way in the back history, right? Yeah. Where I'm just clenched there. I'm like, oh, God, take this motherfucker off. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate this dog. But it's okay because I'm pretty sure that dog hates me too. Yeah. Like, when we're not training, and I don't get it because this dog loves people. He hates me. I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you right now, I, and Brad, I'm sorry, but I will never go to your house, man. Because, <laughs> like, we can meet at the bar if you want, but so, I, I, Roni's a dick. Okay, so second question. Is there a tactical advantage to the dog going to the shin ankle over the thigh? The or is way it just I see what it, there? if the dog's lower, and if, say you need to shoot somebody, right? If your dog's uh, lower, it's more out of range. You know, you've got okay. body target up here. And that's for a lot of those military guys down there. Or if you need to get to the assailant's hands to handcuff him and the dog's down here, yeah. you, you know, you don't have to fight the dog to out to then regain uh, oh control of the of the dog or the guy's hands. Oh, or whatever. You imagine somebody flipping you over while the dog's still oh, attached to your shit. So listen, YouTube, I'm sure yeah, I, I YouTube you know, this stuff all the time. Oh, like, I bet that would shred everything. But I mean... If you've got a dog who's going to take a leg on a suspect, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, we want them to be as opportunistic as possible. Or let's say this guy's hiding underneath a mattress, right? And his hmm. leg is sticking, his ankle sticking out. I don't want my dog searching for an arm. I, I was about go. to say, would you, would you think that's still the same, like, tactical advantage, having the open pitcher for a shot with the bicep versus forearm? Or would the forearm be, like, too easy of a grip for him to get loose? No, I mean, when the dog's on you, you're you going to scream. Get, you're you're yeah. not going to... 
Yeah, I kind of got it from a dog who's latched on. You're pretty good. Okay. Well, let's be real here. I mean, pain tolerance for the average human, even someone on drugs, I mean, you're going to feel it, right? Yeah. I mean, a friend of mine, he had a guy, he had a guy who was on meth, I think, and the guy started punching his dog, right? Just punching, wailing on his dog's head. And my buddy was, I think the dog was on his forum too. And my buddy showed me the footage and he's like, he jumps into the fight with his dog, you know? Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like, as soon as that dog bit harder and harder, the dog starts screaming, screaming, get him off, get him off, get him off, get him off, you know? I will say, so, um, I have, uh, it's kind of a, it's an interesting story. It sort of applies to what you're just talking about. So I don't I, want to hear it. Well, you're going to, oh, okay. it's our podcast. We're talking about the pit bull story. Enough. No, no. Oh, okay. I wasn't going to tell, I'll, I'll tell that some other time. Okay. Um, when I was bouncing at the strip club, I just randomly heard I like where this is going. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, you know, we had the most uneventful Saturday night ever. Like literally I wasn't working. Well, that's true. You should have came. We'll test your wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was literally nothing yeah. happened. I mean, absolutely. It was the most boring shift I could ever think about, mm-hmm. which is generally good. But, man, I didn't even have to tell anybody to be a gentleman. I mean, literally nothing happened the entire yeah. night. Mm-hmm. So it's 2.30 or 3, and we're getting in our cars and going home. We've got all the girls in our cars. It's basically just me and one of the other security team members. And so we're standing in the parking lot bullshitting for a second, and we hear this guy, and he's he's screaming it sounded like someone was on the phone yelling at a significant other maybe they were in some sort of fight or something yeah and it got closer and closer and closer and closer and and where the club i worked at was kind of in this yeah it's just you don't have to just go right there yeah. it's on the right it's um we'll, we'll only talk shit about you while you're gone <laughs> uh clover's using the bathroom so uh this this club i worked at was like in in kind of a hole mm-hmm. or the road is elevated above the yeah, parking lot. The side road. Yeah. So 70 goes straight across. Yeah, I couldn't see what was making the noise, but I told my buddy, I was like, man, let's just sit here and be quiet. Like, we don't, yeah. we ain't getting paid to deal with dickheads <laughs> at three that, that weren't in the club, you know? Yeah. So it gets closer and closer and closer. And the guy's like, um, he keeps screaming, Madison, Madison, where are you? He's like screaming Madison, yeah. like at the top of his lungs at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Closer and closer and closer. And we just kind of, we're quiet so he doesn't see us. And he walks on down the road. He stops in the middle of Highway 70 at 3 o'clock in the morning and lays down in the middle of the intersection, right up from your house. Right there at the gas station. He literally just lays down in the middle of Highway 70, in the eastbound lane, lays down flat. Now, mind you, you know, it's 3, so there's not a lot of traffic. But, like, maybe not the safest place to take a nap. No screaming at the top of his lungs, kicking and carrying on. So I I call the police department. I'm like, listen, because really, I wouldn't have bothered. I'm not, I'm not a rat. Like, if this guy wants to be high, then be high. Yeah, but, but like, what, I, down, what I worried about was not just his safety. I don't give a shit about his safety. What I care about is some person who accidentally runs over him and kills him and then feels bad for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. So I called the police, and I was like, man, there's some guy. He's probably drunk or high or something. Yeah. Like, okay, so... We see the police, and the guy had like crawled into a, um, like a, a cult, not a cul-de-sac. What is a, the concrete thing that the water runs under? I think it's culvert. A, culvert. Yeah, yeah, he had crawled into a culvert and was Gross. laying there flopping around. The guy was just totally trashed on something. So we call the, uh, you know, the police show up, and I'm like, man, he probably went that way. And they're like, okay, we'll just hang around, talk to my buddy a little longer. Yeah. And uh, we get up. I was like, man, I'm gonna go home. So I get my car. And I was like, oh, 
I'm going to be nosy and see what's happening. Yeah. Right? So I turned right instead of turning left at the light. And sure enough, 50 yards down the road, there's the police car with the lights on. And this guy, is, the, the cop, is out trying to deal with this guy, but he's getting his ass kicked. I mean, this guy is, he's not, it's weird. The guy wasn't, it wasn't like he was fighting. It's like he was a wild animal caught in a trap. It was so crazy. I never dealt with anything like that. You know, and I carry firearms and I'm dressed in all black. So I stop and I, I yell out to the guy, hey man, you need some help? And he don't reply, you know? And, and I said, hey, police officer, I'm like coming to help you. You know, like don't <laughs> yeah. shoot me, right? Yeah. You know? So I go wading in there and the guy's, you know, he's smaller. He's probably like, maybe 150 probably yeah. five seven or so not a big guy mm-hmm. and, the, and the cop has one handcuff on him and the guy's like face down and he it was it was so much like being a decoy that it's why it reminds me of this story this guy i guess he was on pcp or something mm-hmm. i don't i couldn't really say but he he wasn't even human he, it was yeah. like fighting a zombie i mean the guy just moved in a way that wasn't human he get he oh. did not care about his own self preservation zero pain response flopping and beating and banging i mean just didn't give a shit about nothing he was real hard to hang on to Mm -hmm. so i i put the guy in a kimura and i drag his hand over behind his back and the cop's just standing there and i was like man put the other cuff on him you know like (laughs) geez so uh, yeah i mean the the kid might have been 20 the 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 officer might have been 24 years old maybe i mean he was real real green so um i got the guy down and i'm 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 trying to tell him i'm like hey man listen just just chill out, you know, like mm. things will be okay. I'm not trying to be a dick to the, to the, to the kid that had made the mistake yeah, or the yeah. cop. I'm just trying to keep everybody safe, basically. And mm. I didn't have anything to do that night. There was no excitement. So I was like, <laughs> well, I'll get into this shit. Right. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, uh, we, we get the guy hobbled cause I mean, he's kicking and screaming and carry on and pretty soon like a sheriff's deputy shows up and a couple more guys from Longview show up. And, uh, this was kind of funny. So I was carrying a gun. And so I, I, one of the rules in North Carolina about carrying a firearm is anytime you're, uh, having altercation with a police officer, you have to tell him you're armed. Yeah. So like while we're sitting there waiting on backup and we kind of got the guy down, I was telling, uh, I told the cop, I was like, probably a funny, funny time to say this, but uh, I want you to know I'm armed. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he was like, thanks for telling me. You know? <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm not going to get my permit and show it to you. Is that okay? You know? <laughs> and so, but my point was the guy didn't give a shit about his safety. Like oh. at, he, started trying to pull out of the handcuffs and like peeled a bunch of the meat off. Of course he's bleeding all over the place. You know, like I'm I'm trying to, he he would go through these spells. He would be calm for like 90 seconds. Mm. He'd be like, okay, okay, okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then he would just instantly go into Madison and screaming and flopping and carrying on. I'm like, Oh shit. I don't know what happened to that guy, but I was like, probably nothing good. Yeah. 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 I mean, he got to assume at some point he was sober. It's like, what the hell did I do? Mm-hmm. You know, with the meat of his hands, like folded oh, down around his knuckles. Remember and waking up the next morning or think about waking up the next morning. I, I bet that guy didn't sleep for a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever he was on was not, was not healthy. <laughs> was not healthy. What do you guys think? Uh, I, generally, I try not to be overly political, but like what a uh, three jujitsu martial artists. How about this? Uh, what, I don't know the gentleman's name. The George Mi- Floyd in Minnesota, mm-hmm. like oh. Floyd George, George Floyd, Floyd George. It was Floyd. I remember it was Floyd. We can look it up while yeah, we're yeah. talking about it. But like, I'd like to hear both Dude, of your opinions I, on that. I don't know on that one, man. Like, what is it that you don't know? So one of the big things is <clears throat> okay. We'll get one thing out of the way. I haven't seen anybody disagree on this. Like, he was obviously killed. Like, there was nothing else going on. 
in that situation, um, completely unwarranted in my opinion. One of the big things to me, though, and the one thing I didn't see anybody talking about was everybody wanted to talk about the cop that had his knee on his neck and jawline, right? So, obviously, you can get carotid compression and things along those lines as far as, like, separating a vertebrae, all kind of injuries from there. The autopsy was a complete bust. They're actually doing another autopsy that the Floyd family is paying for. But nobody talked about the second cop. On like you know you saw that famous there, picture. Well, there were three. there were three cops oh. on him, but so you had the one cop that was new on his neck. You had the w- second cop who had both knees on his back. Mm-hmm. I think that may have been what caused him to choke out, just like a compression choke. You know, like if you get caught up in the uh, what's the one Josh Barnett pulled on Dean Lester. Mm-hmm. Like basically, you, a bunch of different. Yeah, names, you crush the lungs to where he can't take a deep breath. Again. Yeah. And if he was going on the carotid, it wouldn't have taken four or five minutes for him to go out. You know, I mean, carotid compression. But it just had one though. Is the thing like if you if you got your knee kind but of still, across the does, back, it and doesn't side of take neck. that long. It'll take a minute, minute and a half, maybe. If you've got like a shitty choke in, like they can fight it for a little bit. But the fact is, whenever you get those compression chokes on, you know, like people can hold their abs in and force themselves to breathe for a little bit. So you've got two separate cops. And like I said, neither, none of those four cops were doing their fucking job. None of them were protecting this man whatsoever. It was complete bullshit. But the big thing is nobody's talking about that second cop who had, you know, I mean, you add in the vest. He was a bigger boy, probably 240 pounds on this guy's spine, crushing his lungs down into it while one person's controlling his head to where he can't move to take another breath. And then somebody controlling his legs to where he can't pull his knees in to pick him up. So the big issue obviously is was it murder or was it manslaughter did those cops kill him intentionally or they just not know what the fuck they were doing thought they were apprehending him completely and then staying on him but dude it was just i mean it's a shitty situation it really is and this isn't the first time that you know obviously with social media being what it is this isn't the first time the situation happened but i would be extremely interested to see what a true autopsy report finds because i think the autopsy found that he died of i think it was asphyxiation possible drug use oh, yeah, and possible, possible something else very odd um, yeah that was my big like Chloe, how, get, get closer to the mic. yeah Sorry. get closer to the mic that's right but how do you have it. possible intoxication and possible drug use you run a Drug, like you run a blood test, <laughs> yeah, do right? yeah right. there's no possible to it. Like, was it in his blood or was it not in his blood? Don't yeah. say possible. Uh, one but, of the things I, yeah. I thought, um, so given that I'm a police canine instructor, you know, I know a lot of police guys, yeah, I know a lot of handlers, a lot of officers, and the great thing about it is none of them are in support of this man. They're no. all like, yeah, I've seen a ton and of cops speak out against that. Many of them believe there was malice involved, and Honestly, I think there just might have been. I've and, heard that too because apparently the first cop that was in the picture and the George Floyd, they worked at a nightclub together as bouncers. I they heard, knew each other personally. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I'd heard they worked for like 17 years together. Yeah, so from for like, like a long some, time. Yeah. Some bullshit I read. Well, on I've Facebook. seen I don't know. multiple, um, not only multiple people share it, but from multiple sources right. that they knew each other from nightclub. And some people think that he literally like tried to kill him because he may have figured out something on him. And again, that's mm. all hearsay. Seems conspiracy. But if you but... work with somebody and you're standing there with your shin on their neck for nine minutes, yeah. like, I mean, that's not you doing your job. True. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about tactics and whatnot. 
and we do it with our officers all the time. We talk about tactics. Yeah. You know, that's not what they learn in the academy. No. It's not. You know, it's one of those things where when you look at the video and you hear this man pleading for his life, you know, he can't breathe, he can't breathe, he can't breathe. And you've got people who are sitting there screaming at him. And I want to say emotion got involved, you know, because, I mean, nobody wants to be told how to do their job. Sure. So I want to say that played a factor in it, too. And people are asking me, you know, as an African-American man, you know, where do I stand? I'm like, well, you know, I stand on the side of justice, right? Yeah. And it's gotten controversial with folks on social media where it's like, you know, how can you say that? Well, easily. I'm not going to err on the side of, you know, all cops are bad because they're not. This was an individual who, four individuals who did something wrong. Yeah. I'm not going to fault the officers I work with, you know, for this man, these men's mistake, these men, their, their mistake, yeah. right? Those um, men. Is it those? I don't know. If Anthony were here, he would tell us how to say that right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyways. And then we get on to, okay, well, if you were there, what would you have done? Well, probably would have intervened, you know, regardless of the consequences because, you know, that's a, that's But you a think life. that, but but would you? Because, like, you don't know that that person's going to die. To. And then on top of that, no, let's over say you nine go, minutes, yeah, but, and, I, like, I you to. hear people in the video saying he is unconscious. Yeah, but you, you hear need them to say check it. on him. Fine, you yeah. hear them say it, but did any of them go do anything? No, none of no. them did. So that's but, what I'm saying. But, like you said, as three martial artists sitting here, I would tell you, 100%, I would have envied in some capacity. I, I, would, I would have I to, can't right, sit there and watch somebody be killed. Well, what 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 intervention would could you have done? Because you're, listen. There probably would have been rash. Yeah, I but pro- you get I shot probably, for that shit, too. I'm just saying, that one dude who was standing there with his hands in his pocket, the... Uh, Asian gentleman looked to be out of shape. I think I could have well, put him down. Now, I'm not for sure. Now, listen, we've had at this by this time hundreds of cops come in, law enforcement oh, yeah. agents come into mm-hmm. Phoenix Jiu Jitsu. Mm-hmm. Very few of them are hard to deal with. Exactly. Very few. Yeah. You can put them down very quickly. Very few. The problem is now you go to jail. Or you get your cool. neck stepped on. Look, it's not cool. One hundred percent, it ain't cool. No, one hundred percent. I would rather go to jail than watch somebody I'd die because somebody's I'm being not fucking dick for nine minutes. What I'm saying is, there now you run up and, according to them, assault another officer. Yep. Now that gives them a, an already emotionally charged situation. I'm not saying don't help that guy. That's yeah. not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is there are some pretty dire consequences to helping that guy, for yeah. sure. There are oh, definitely yeah. some consequences that are going to come. Because if that guy don't but die... But you take one out, one of his buddies got to get up to come help him. Well, but listen, if that guy don't die, this don't turn in, you never hear about this on the news. Mm-hmm. If if the three of us were there and we saw the... Floyd is his last name? Floyd, yes. Yeah. You, we see Mr. Floyd die or or with, a, with a, a shin across the back of his neck. Mm. And four police officers... You know, on top of him. If the three of us are there, so I mean, if the three of us are there, it wouldn't be a problem. Well, it's not a problem. I'm picking. To, I'm picking. I was it, being smart. It's not. Yeah. It's not a problem to physically <laughs> yeah. handle those four police officers. Yeah. It's not. I could. I, and I don't take want much to say that I'm like going to try to handle them. It's more so that I want to alleviate the situation that's. Happening. What does that entail? Then? Yeah, How are you going to do there that? There were multiple if people you, yelling. If you this dude across, I would his, have to say, you know. Oh, gosh. How do I put it? You know. Look, in that nine minutes, I think five to six of them, he was conscious. The rest of them, there was not. Yeah. And there was people in the crowd saying, he is out. He is unconscious. Like, you need to check on him. And, like, they weren't doing shit. They're like, oh, okay, cool. 
that one guy literally had his hands in his pockets. So, oh, yeah. like, you would have to physically intervene to make anything happen. Well, that's in my situation. point. Is that I'm not saying I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I'm saying that if you physically intervene, which is what I oh, believe yeah. it would take to to make that yeah. not happen, hmm. now you. Daniel Friedel yes. are going to catch a assault on a police officer charge, which is always a felony, Ooh, so which will likely lead you to the same neon neck handcuffed behind your back position as well. But let's be honest here. We're all in jujitsu. How many of us have not had a shin across our throat at one point or the other? Well, it doesn't, it doesn't right. matter how many Okay, but it was the it. exact same conversation you had. You called the cops on the dude who was passed down PCP. That way, you wouldn't have to live with watching him being run over by a damn car. Like, you wouldn't have to live with the sure. fact knowing that he died right there in front of you and you didn't do shit to the, the help. Uh, but the opposite side of that is then I also, so, uh, which which is why, so at Phoenix, we, we have, I don't think we're going to in the future, but we've offered uh, jujitsu for 100% for free to all sworn law enforcement agents. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to do that anymore because it doesn't seem to have it's, any value to them. No. But um, if, if any of those guys had any training in, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, this would have been we'll do so that any common easier. sense. It's like, hey, he's unconscious. We don't have to have all three of <laughs> yeah. us well, laying on him. Well, what were they, they waiting for? I, I haven't seen know. the video. I've seen two videos. I've seen one where he's calm and compliant, and then I see the video where he's unconscious. Right? I, what happened between the two videos? What? Oh uh, yeah. Happened? I just saw one that was like nine minutes long. I from saw him the where he's being walked to, walked to a patrol car across the street, calmly. Quiet, yeah, his hands yeah. are behind his back. Oh, I, okay, yeah, and yeah. I see the other one where I got you. That's what you're saying now, yeah. And I'm not sure what happened in between the, t- the two that sparked all of this. Hmm. I mean, honestly, we weren't there. Um, yeah, we, we we speculate on what we would do, but we honestly don't know until it's until exactly. It's That's all I'm saying. Like no, you don't know. Yeah. Like it's easy to say I would do this, but sometimes you don't know until you're in that. Spot. In my heart, I think I would intervene somehow. Mm. Because I'm seeing this man, and based on what I know about jujitsu and the sure. human body, I'm seeing this man lose his life. Yeah. yeah. No, but, it's truly a really sad mm, situation. Yeah. And, I, that was, uh, and the world is watching, and the nation is paying for it. Sure. There was know? another one that happened back in uh, 2016, and it's just now going to court because the body cam footage was released. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Tony Tippas. Have y'all heard one. of that one? Mm-hmm. No. So no. this was actually a white gentleman from, I want to say, Texas. Very similar situation, except you hear the cops like saying, oh, okay, I think he's out. Like they're like joking back and forth about waking him up and all this other stuff. And the dude's completely dead whenever they're loading him on the gurney. One of the cops is like, oh, shit. I think he's, is he breathing? Like, is he moving? I think he's dead. And they're like giggling about it. Yeah. So like with this one, they've got clear cut evidence on this, but it took them three years to release the body cam footage mm-hmm. of these four cops, like literally laughing. Like you hear the guy on the bottom. He was tried? a, huh? What they tried in court? It's, st- it's just going on. Yeah. Okay. The body cam footage just came out. Like okay. whenever it first happened, they were like, oh, okay, well it's kind of a justified thing. He was a schizophrenic off of his meds and he called the police on himself because he was freaking out. Like he called 911 for help because he was freaking out. Four cops got there, and literally he's on the ground. Like, you can hear him, like, choking for breath, trying to scream while they got his face in the dirt. Mm-hmm. And, like I said, it's a very similar situation, except with this. Like, these cops are, like, just joking about the shit. They load him up on a gurney. I go, oh, shit, I, is he breathing? Like, I think he might be dead. 
Like they have zero clue as to what four people sitting on somebody's back can do to them. I think, uh, so, you know, my father's a retired law enforcement agent. Uh, he was in law enforcement for 32 years. It doesn't, now I have never been a cop, so I don't know. Right. But I got a, uh, like a front row seat to someone who's a career law enforcement agent. And so what I, um, I think a lot of times people wouldn't matter, wouldn't matter what it is, but when you're a cop, you're so accustomed to seeing people misbehave and people. Uh, yeah, you're seeing the worst of society. It, well, and that's and not just that, but you're seeing the worst of people on their worst day. So yeah. you might take somebody who's a decent human being having a real bad day at their worst day, mm-hmm. right? So not everybody you deal with is bad, but they're, it's oftentimes their bad day. Yeah. So they become like conditioned to not give a fuck about no. like like you're not a you're not really a person. You're just like the job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, and I'm not saying that's good or acceptable. I'm saying mm-hmm. it is a thing. Like, uh, we we have friends who have uh, been in the military and will just tell you about mowing down like a dozen people with a, a M60, like like with no emotion, yeah. but they care very much about like your well being or you know because that was their job. Like yeah. that, they became conditioned to this follow orders. This, uh, I guess, sort of extreme. In that extreme, maybe you have to take emotion out of it. Otherwise, you can't do your job effectively. Sure. Yeah, right? yeah you would think that, uh, you know, I, I don't know, to me, I would say that I'm a, the picture I saw of the officer, I don't know his name, but I, don't, I want you guys to look at it. This guy, I'm sure he's wearing a, a vest, but mm-hmm. he has this very oddly shaped, like, big barrel chest mm-hmm. and these weirdly skinny arms arms that aren't like they look like they belong to another body it's real weird (laughs) and you got a question like how physical how physically capable is this guy he's skinny fat you Mm -hmm. guys he's like daniel tosh you know he's like (laughs) but he looks like he's also like in his 40s he's an older officer i'm in my 40s i don't look like that I wasn't saying you did. Let's go late 40s. I was just saying. <laughs> yeah, in my late 40s, 40s, I'm not going to look He looked like, like a bad 41. Right. <laughs> yeah. Dick. You look oh, good 41. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. But you're not a 31. But I'm not a 31. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I can hey, see that When too, I was man. 31, I didn't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, at the same time, like, you've got, you got three, back, three people backing you up right there. And... At the same time, what normal human being would see somebody unconscious be like, okay, we have to use the same amount of force that we did when he was conscious. Let's say he was fighting completely. Let's say they walk into the squad car. He calls the rug. I'm not getting in the fucking back. All this other stuff. You get him down on his chest. Handcuffs are behind him. Who in the right mind thinks it takes three people sitting on his, or excuse me, two people sitting on his chest and throat to hold him there? And one on I his mean, legs. So, Yeah. But at the same time, if you're fearing for a life, if you're fearing for your life, are your hands going to be in your pockets? <laughs> because for 30 seconds, that guy was sitting there with his hands in his pockets. Yeah. He knew he wasn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Whenever sure. he went unconscious, he was sitting there literally like his hands in his pockets just chilling out. Like, I'm just going to camp out in this guy's throat for the next, you know, however long it takes for the EMS to get here. Well, uh, what my question is this. So if the if the assailant is, it wouldn't matter, whoever, yeah. if. If the quote unquote bad guy mm-hmm. is on his face and handcuffed, yeah, why? What's what's the nine minute wait for? Like, why don't you put this person in That's the car? It, yeah, or like I, I, I don't understand. So that. I go, you got 
three people out of shape or not. You've got three law officers. They can't put one person in the back of an SUV. Yeah. Like, sounds like you all three need to be fired or retrained. Well, I just thought it would be interesting to have, uh, well, first, you know, it's a, a hot button topic today. Yeah, it is. Unfortunately. You know, um, like yeah. I've had many, many discussion. Well, again, being a person of color, it's one of those things where it's a slippery slope. Yeah. You know, especially being affiliated with law enforcement, too. Yeah. You know, I've gotten a lot of interesting messages and had a lot <laughs> of dialogue. So. Um, but at the end of the day, they were all fired swiftly, which was great. Um, yeah. They, the, the district attorney, the prosecutor's office, was phenomenal in getting it quickly. Right? I think four days? Four mm-hmm. days to come to. And uh, that was one thing, too. People them? thought that. You know, like, oh, okay, they're only being arrested because the video got out. I'm like, it literally just happened. Like, you can't just arrest somebody that day. Like, yeah, you got to go look through at everything. Yeah. You know, and because yeah. if you get still that more wrong, pending. yeah, if you get so, that wrong, you just ruin four people's careers. I know? feel like those other three are going to get charges too. I, I can feel it. Oh yeah, and they deserve to get them. Yeah, they really do. And prosecuted the full extent of the law. Um, and I think we as a people need to continue to come together. Unfortunately, there's a huge divide in the country now. And it's upsetting, you know. There is, um, man. One of the hardest things that I'm dealing with now is like I'm literally like in the middle, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tell people all the time, you know, yes, we hold our law enforcement to a high standard. We have to because they're there to protect us. But I'm not going to let this these four individuals determine the fact or determine you saying that uh, these other individuals over here need to die. You know, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, I need to go and you need to destroy this building to make a point. You know, mm-hmm. the world is outraged. Right, like the world is, or at least the nation. Oh, yeah. And that was one of the big things with all the uh, riots and looting and stuff was a lot of the spray painted buildings said a good cop is a dead cop. Yeah. And dude, that's I mean that's rough when you look at high crime areas to where that's all they see. Like they see cops, they don't think, oh, okay, they're here to help. They think, oh, okay, well now we got to deal with this shit on top of what I, what we're already dealing with. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's going to be, like you said, a bigger divide between mm-hmm. the communities that need more law enforcement to help them get back to a gentrification, whatever you call it, and a police force to where, you know, maybe they want to help, maybe they don't. But you don't really know until you have that conversation. And the media's not helping. You know? No, I mean, media's, if it bleeds, it leads, man. fear for the life that's going to work, yeah. whether you're a civilian, whether you're law enforcement. You no. shouldn't have a brick thrown through your window. Right, you shouldn't have to worry about your building being burned down. I mean, wasn't there an apartment complex burned burned down? Yeah, I think there All was those people that are displaced. Three. Yeah, right. So my mother-in-law lives up there, and she was looking for parts for her car. What if she had to go to that auto zone? You know, that's yeah. not cool. You know, what I about think, the folks who need to walk to a grocery store? Now they can't. No. You know? I sort of um, there, there there was a gentleman shot in uh, Charlotte. I don't. It's maybe three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. I cannot remember his name. Oh. Oh my God! What was his name? No, I remember that when we had the rioting yeah. down in Charlotte too. And so that I, was well, I worked in Charlotte I, I at the time. I think that was three years. It was it was at least three was years it? ago. It may have been. So, I worked in Charlotte at the time, and uh, there was like a big debate on it. And I was like, "Listen, I'm I'm all like I support the public's right to protest. I like 100 percent do. Yes, I agree. When your protest involves like throwing bricks at my car, that's not cool. And I will uh, address that properly. <laughs> like, I'm not, uh, I didn't shoot nobody and I don't want to, but like, right. don't surround my car and light shit on fire in front of my right. car because you'll get fucked up. That's uh, for real. Yeah. Bring it back to law enforcement. What about those canine officers? You throw a window to that back window? 
What happens? What's that now? What happens if you throw a brick window huh. to a cannon officer's yeah, car? Yeah, he comes out. Right? It, ain't, it ain't how you think it's going to work. You, then you got a worse day. Yeah. You know? I tried to Scott. November yeah. 2016. Keith that's, Scott. I forgot right. about that. Yeah. So I, uh, that that's kind of funny you should mention that uh, to bring this sort of to a lighter note. Every summer, every single summer, there's a billion Facebook posts. I'm I'm handing out free broken windows if you if you lock your dog in your car like oh, and no. there are some really really like ultra left people about this and I tell them I'm like hey listen you might not get what you what you hope to get out of that yeah. like you break the windows out of my car if Nadia ain't in her kennel mm-hmm. you gonna get fucked up yeah. like for real my dog always rides in the kennel um, and mine too for safety reasons yeah. mm-hmm. and I've got uh, window guards on my, on my working vehicle. That way he can't get out. If he, if he does get out of this kennel somehow, there's window guards so he can't get out. But, I mean, the holes are big enough in the window guards that someone could put their finger in. Well, you yeah. do that, you're getting bit. All right. My dog's a dick. I'm just going to tell you right now. He is. I, my, my kids aren't allowed near him. My wife's not allowed with him. I, 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 he's a fucking dick. Yeah, I don't have Zoe and Ken on the car. I've you got sure? her on one of those harnesses. Oh, she's in the... The seatbelt? Like the That's harness cute. that attaches to the seatbelt? That's adorable. It's awful fur mom. Huh? It's awful fur Well, mom, he's like. very fur mom with his dog, too. Well, I'm oh. just saying, like, I don't have a oh. room for a big kennel in the car out there. But um, Mark Conley. That's fair. I messaged him, and I was like, what oh, would be a, a good, good dude. Yeah. Uh, I, I was would, like, what would be a uh, We aren't friends show. anymore. Huh? We aren't friends anymore. We'll hear that in a second. I don't but know why. He was, yeah, he was sharing pictures of, like, SUVs that rolled over, and, like, there's a special mm-hmm. type of kennel. They like what scratched. Yeah, like the whole top of this SUV was crushed in. Well, that's because he bunch, he bought a bunch of those kennels and he was selling them. Oh, I can see that too. But I was like, okay, so what? I've got a car and my dog always rides in the back seat. I never really have her buckled up. What well, would be a good option? And he like sent me a couple good options for that, and that's what I did. Cool. Yeah. Really weird. Mark and I always got along really good in person. Yeah. But I actually went to his place to do some decoy work. Mm-hmm. Uh, back, I, I shouldn't call it work. We just he was sort of starting a little protection club and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, long ago. was it in uh, Lincolnton or Lincolnton, over on 18? Yeah, Lincolnton. It's been okay. three or four years ago. Not, okay. you know, a good while ago. And I, I wasn't trying to say like, hey, I'm real experienced. I was just like, hey, you know, I'll help. It's because it was close. It seemed like something fun to do. Yeah. And so we've always gotten along really well, like in person. Yeah. But online, like we are just, we are just at our core, very different. You know, he's. Mm-hmm. Very right and very religious and very opinionated. And one thing I dislike. Yeah. So, man, I, I'm sure you know, and I know that you know, but, but like the three of us here, we get weirdos contacting you all the time. So the business mm. that Clover's in is you get all the weird fur moms and shit, that just, yeah. whatever. They want a protection dog. I, I had one guy. Back in Colorado, he saw my car because I put my logo on the back of my car. The side of it looks like an unmarked police vehicle, right? Which is funny when I'm driving down the highway and people slow down. <laughs> You're an asshole. Oh, <laughs> yes, you stop are. Stop it. <laughs> um, but the Caution, rear has my canine. logo on it. Yeah. And uh, this guy, he's, he stops me and whatnot while I'm just getting gas and stuff. And uh, he's like, so uh, if you could train my, uh, my, my husky to go and attack police officers, I, I got an illegal grow house. And uh, <laughs> would love for him to protect it. Uh, well, uh, hard, hard no, sir. Hard, <laughs> hard no. no. I'm going to get my gas and I'm going to get <laughs> Well, I get emails and calls and text messages from people who are odd or maybe have mm. unrealistic goals. You know, hey, I want to be in the UFC. What do I need to do? Well, I guess maybe first show up. 
oh, okay, I can't make it to class. It's like, wait a minute, I got to take classes. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> you can't just make some calls. Or, um, you know, or I'm sure, Daniel, you get people, you know, I want to, I want six-pack abs. What do I do? You yeah, know, like me. Yeah. yeah. You get, you get a lot of, a lot of interesting contacts. Mm-hmm. I don't put those people on blast because I'd like to convert them into a customer. Yeah. And, and I don't screenshot their emails and mark out their name or, you know, I don't go on Facebook daily and complain about, I'm glad to get stupid questions because yeah. maybe I can educate these people That's and it. turn them into. Sometimes food. they just don't know what they want. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, Probably the thing I'd had the the most of is Mark would often he, he's very outspoken about like the lack of education in his field and I'm yeah. and in my head I'm like well yeah that's why you're the professional maybe don't make fun of them maybe convert them, like educate them and help them no. you know even if you can't help them even if people are too stupid to help yeah. like how does it how does it make you look when you when you put them on blast you know mm. like man are you effing kidding me Daniel. Dude, is, are you I had serious? to sell two hours, and we're at two hours. My bad. Okay, I need to sell. So, so here's what I'm bitching about. This dude, rookie mistake. He's not a rookie though. This is like episode 15. It's every single podcast. It's not every single podcast. It was the last podcast and this one, and All the right. one before that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you're taking yeah. up more time by that's talking. Okay. About that's okay. That's what okay. we do. I talk shit about you, Daniel. <laughs> okay, so, we'll continue. I'm going to use better. And text your wife while you're in the bathroom. That's what he's doing. I mean, maybe. That was the alarm that, like, hey, I have to come home. Hey, we are dressed exactly. I like that. That's pretty cool. I should probably get some pants just like those, those shorts. That's I, pretty I, dope. You can't borrow mine. Take, uh, mine have big I holes. I doubt they'd fit. Where Nadia chewed, chewed big holes in them. <laughs> Dude, train your dog. I tried. Train your dog. I tried. That's a little depressing right there. I, I think she did this when she was a puppy, though. She, she was probably did. six months old. How old is she now? Six. Six? I've had these pants eat, or these years? shorts. I've had, probably Damn had them man. eight years. That's my impressive. dad gave me these. These yeah. are hand-me-downs from my father. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Classics. Are you he, one of those guys who just doesn't like to go shopping? I don't. It, it's okay. I don't either. It, it does. I don't like or dislike it. You know, I'm just like, eh. These these shorts still cover my ass, you know. Like it's one of those things. Like, I, I mean, I got clothes today, so I should be okay. But now I'm getting bigger, so these are tight, and I don't wear mediums anymore. So I suppose Ooh, I should get some. Not lines. about that medium life. Nah, not really. Unless I'm like going to like a conference, then I will. It makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> yeah, dude, I have to. Okay, I have to. I mean, I guess being physically imposing is. If like, I'm in a room full of SWAT officers, and I'm trying to tell them, "Hey, let's run these dogs my way." Well, it's kind of intimidating. So I'm like, well, Man, I wear a medium. I feel much better about myself. You would legit, like in an, an actual physical altercation, you would straight handle all those dudes. I uh, doubt it very much. No, nah, no. Nah. I, I know some very hardcore SWAT guys. I'm not saying every single one. I'm saying the vast majority of the vast majority of uh, the people, the law enforcement agents I've had to deal with. Now, I'm not saying. I would never. I'm not advocating that you assault police officers. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying at yeah, all. I would end my career w- real quick. Only I'm, on the mat. Yeah. Well, I, I will say this. So, uh, I always thought, or not always, but people, uh, the general public has a like a, a mental idea of how like like police officers are somehow like the long ranger. Like they can just shoot the gun out of out of the bad guy's hand or you know, they they think they are like superheroes, <laughs> when in fact they're just regular people. They are. They're just you know, regular people. They're regular people that we hold to a higher standard. That we hold. Well, it's now 
they know going in because this is their profession that they chose and they are being paid to do this job. Mm -hmm. It's not a volunteer position. Mm -hmm. So they know that they are going to be held to a higher standard. Mm -hmm. So it's so like, if you don't want that responsibility, then choose a different profession. Mm -hmm. They go do something else. That's my opinion. One of the officers in Missouri that I'm going to go hang out with, uh, he actually invited me to his jujitsu gym. He said, Hey, bring your gi down, you know, bring your dog, bring your gi. And said, all right. I've said that many times. He's like, Six foot six and two hundred fifty pounds. That's so, not a problem. That's go, a fun day. Go put it. Go put it on that dude, man. I, I, uh, Alex, if you're listening, holy shit, don't hurt me. Use a little wrestling though. I would highly suggest using some wrestling. <laughs> Alex, if you're listening, put the business. I yes. mean, put the business on Clover. He was talking shit about you before and, the podcast. And, is and, all I'm saying. <laughs> Let's not do that. Let's not do that. And I believe. Well, what belt is he? Oh gosh, I don't even know. I think he's been training jujitsu for a couple years now. Um, all I know is I, I know that he can put the business to his suspects if he needs to. I know that much. Him well, and his dog. I mean, so that should take. So here's here's the other thing. Here's what I've noticed: the average. So, as not prepared as a lot of police officers are, the average dickhead is about a million times less prepared. Yes. So, so the police <laughs> officers don't have the training. But they have the intensity. Well, they have some practice too. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like a once a week. Well, thing, they've got right? a little BLET in them, but they have this intensity to where they're like, "No, I will not lose this fight." Let me ask you so this I question. I think what helps them out. Since I'm on the podcast, okay. What you are martial arts do you think law enforcement should be trained in? Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's the one. Yes, that's the one. Now, because if you look at striking arts, like it ain't easy to like. You know, take somebody in after you done knocked their teeth out and mm. gave them a couple black eyes. Be like, oh yeah, he was resisting. Well, but so, if look, you like are able to subdue them and handcuff them mm. without rearranging their face, mm. you might be able to put your case a little bit more. So the core, the core value of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like Hoist Gracie said it best. He was like, it's the most humane way to fight. Mm-hmm. Like you drag someone to the ground where their punches and kicks are no longer effective. What if you went up on the ground? If what if mm. I? Yeah. What do you mean? I mean, so, I mean, with law enforcement, they're trying to take the, someone down, but we don't train them you know, how to fight off their back. Well, if they knew who does it, no, they, they should did. be, they should, they should <laughs> learn Sorry, that. Don't they you? should learn that, yes. Mm, yeah, you get a I mean, crackhead that just bum rushes you, you may end up on bottom. I mean, wouldn't that be a valuable skill to know how to yeah. elevator sweep someone to get back into a top position? Mm-hmm. And I mean, so, I knew how to do it. So, reverse that, <laughs> I'll show you. You teach somebody Muay Thai, and mm-hmm. then they get taken down by a crackhead, they've got zero active forces on the ground you know mm-hmm. well i think so wrestling is a real good base yeah. i think if if i were going to decide design a like a uh, a program for like our local law enforcement mm-hmm. i would teach them some real real basic and effective uh standing strategies as mm-hmm. far as like you know Distance management. well a, a good a good clinch oh, okay. to gotcha. outside yeah. trip a good uh hip toss a mm-hmm. real a good double leg yeah. And like a, a good tie clinch, like a head snap, mm-hmm. right? Like a front headlock. Mm-hmm. I would teach them those, and I'd teach them how to finish it to put somebody on the ground. Yep. Then I would teach them the absolute most basics. I would probably teach them more catch wrestling. Not that I'm a catch wrestler, but I would teach them hammer locks, uh, face locks, mm-hmm. um, like a, <laughs> All for real. Shit. Hey, man, you, <laughs> yeah. you pry on someone's neck and nose oh, yeah. man they'll do what you ask yeah, that's, that's i'm not sure. a i'm not a big fan of pain compliance but when it comes to neck manipulation it works yeah yeah uh and then uh some really really 
the, like the most useful parts of Aikido. So like wrist manipulation, wrist okay. locks, for lack of a better term. Okay. And uh, man, those core skills practiced over and over and over again would be better than any BLET they could ever go to. Mm-hmm. Like as far as the physical aspect of yeah. containing a human being. Okay. Because their job is not, you, uh, a cop's job is not to punish you. Yeah. That's not their. I mean, it's not even to fight. Well, sometimes you know? they have to. Well, I mean, sometimes they have to defend themselves, but like, like they're not looking to win a fight by knocking somebody out. No, you know what I mean. Like, right? Yeah, they mm-hmm. want to detain you and subdue you. So sure. I mean, that's grappling as for whatever fighters. reason you give them. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the big things that I learned uh, through my Krav Maga training was distance management, was moving at an angle, mm-hmm. kind of being elusive to where you don't really have to worry about or not worry about, but where you can kind of deflect some of the grips that you know the average Joe wants to put on. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. Uh, um, this would be like the last bitch session about cops for me today. <laughs> so when I was in New York, mm-hmm. I was sitting at um, Gregory's, which is like the opposite of Starbucks. Every day I either went to Starbucks or Gregory's. I either turned left or right. But <laughs> I would always go to Starbucks first. And if Starbucks was too busy, I would go to Gregory's. Creature of habit, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be easy to Guess assassinate. expensive habits, my friend. <laughs> Damn. Well, it's just called Starbucks me. every day. That's what I'm talking about. In New York, no less. <laughs> yeah. It's the same. So that's the $12 thing. $12 a cup? No, no. Oh, really? Uh, Starbucks has national pricing, so it's the same uh, price in Hickory as it is in New York City. That's oh. why it seems so expensive in Hickory. Well, so then you can feel pretty good about yourself walking out of Starbucks, you know, with your Man, ass why are y'all talking on? shit about me? I'm trying to trying to tell you about these cops. <laughs> So while Where's I was basic there, white girl at? <laughs> I was, I know, and I don't even drink coffee. Pumpkin I drink frap. an iced mocha. Pumpkin frap. Yeah. It's basically chocolate milk for adults. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm judging you. <laughs> you should. <laughs> now I don't drink coffee. So I'm sitting at the, um, like the window seat. Cause it, you know, in New York, like it's really frowned upon to sit at a place that would hold two people as a, as one person. Cause they, they're just pressed for like a New York thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, you got nine million people and probably 1 million seats. So, yeah. You know. So, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sitting at like a stool that's facing the window and I'm right beside this Irish bar. Like, uh, I think you and I ate there, O'Reilly, or not O'Reilly's, uh, Mustang Sally's or something. I don't remember. There's an Irish bar like literally next door to the, to the Gregory's I was at. And it's 1030 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And man, cops are just boiling out of this bar trashed. I mean, drunk, <laughs> drunk, drunk. Now, I'm sure they're off duty, right? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that they're on duty. It's probably third drunk. shifters. Yeah. But, I mean, and I start to look, and it's uh, right by Madison Square Garden uh, mm. on 8th Avenue. So there's um, there's just like an ocean of, like, dudes that look like cops with— So they weren't uniform. No, but, oh, okay. but they were wearing, like, blue NYPD shirts and, gotcha. you know, like, they were they, they were obviously cops, like, yeah. all of them. They're coming out of an Irish bar. And, like, cops are notoriously Irish in uh, New York City. So, uh, and news to me. Really? Yeah, Man, you guys that. don't know anything. What's wrong with yeah. you? I mean, I've watched like a couple movies to where that was a thing, but I didn't know that was like a common thing. Too. It's I, a, very I know, common. I know dogs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, <laughs> we'll work on it. <laughs> rude. True <laughs> story. Uh, so, yeah. they are trashed. And there's like, there's, there's, by the time I came out of Gregory's, there's probably a hundred, I'm not exaggerating, there's mm. probably a hundred blue shirts with NYPD. And they are loud and rowdy and obnoxious, just like all the rest of the assholes you know that are drunk, yeah. right? So I'm not holding them to a different standard, yeah. but there's a hundred of them. And now, and we happen to be walking in the same direction. I'm kind of caught up in the traffic with them. Mm-hmm. And they're like talking shit to 
like all the chicks walking around because the New York Fashion Institute's like two blocks down the street. Yeah. They're like, there's these two black guys with dreadlocks and they start talking shit to them and the dudes with dreadlocks are like, hey man, fuck you. And they're like, oh, you trying to go to jail? I mean, they're like, like thugs. They're like walking around trying to pick fights with, with normal people. Like, and I, and I was like, because a, a few of the people I trained with in New York are cops and I was like, man, yeah. what the fuck? And from the outside looking in, because in Hickory, cops don't behave that way. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they're just average people, people yeah. that we know and live with, live around and whatever. Yeah. Uh, they seem like their own version of a gang. Like, yeah. like they're in their own gang. You know, mm-hmm. like they they had their own. I don't know. They they crowded up together. They're all wearing the same shirt. I mean, what? How do you know that somebody's a blood? You know, yeah. they're all wearing red. Oh. You know. So uh, anyway, mm-hmm. I asked one of my friends at the lunchtime class. I was like, man, what the fuck? And they were like, oh yeah, well today's the the annual uh, fire department versus uh, police department. Uh, hockey game at the Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. and so all the sure. like the entire city that's off duty yeah. gets trashed and comes to this this game because like the I firemen hate to be on cleanup duty at for sure that. yeah same <laughs> the firemen aren't typically like Irish so they were at a different bar yeah you know so so all the Irishmen were or so the, all the firemen were at a different bar they were probably just as rowdy I just didn't see them probably yeah. not because they're firefighters they're losers. Be like some. <laughs> Okay, well, I just think like it's interesting. So the way that, that I view police officers mm-hmm. is very different than if I grew up in a big city like Minneapolis or New yeah. York City or Atlanta even or wherever, right? Because mm-hmm. cops here are just the people that you see all the time and some yeah. of them work out here and some of them take, take jujitsu. We, we mm-hmm. like have a, a small town mm-hmm. culture mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to get, a, you're not going to escape. You know, if you're a dick and you're a cop, I mean, it's not hard to, for us to go talk to the mayor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you, the chief police is easily acceptable or yeah. uh, accessible. accessible. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So it's just an interesting, it's yeah. a different in culture, I think. I can see that because I ain't going to lie. I got out of my last two tickets because I had a Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu sticker on the back of my car. <laughs> nice. One was a speeding ticket. The other was a dead tag. As soon as they pulled me over, I handled my, like, ID. You know, I'm like, hey, how you doing, night officer? Like, being very polite. And they're like, so you do uh, Jiu-Jitsu over at Phoenix? It's like, yeah, I'm the assistant instructor. It's like, oh, cool. You know, and then they start listing <laughs> yeah. their friends that went over there. I'm like, yeah, man, you should stop by for a class. And it turns into a jujitsu conversation. They're like, all right, man, well, I'm going to let you go, but uh, you need to get that taken care of or you need to slow down a little bit. I'm like, ah, no problem. Got I was pulled over in Hawaii by an unmarked sheriff who was a canine officer and he saw my stickers on my car and he asked me about my dog and I asked him about his dog. We showed each other our dogs and we, we showed each other our dogs. Yeah, we showed each other our dogs, you know. Turned into a play date. <laughs> I feel like there's something terribly off here. And and because when I first got back from New York, my insurance had lapsed and my tag had, had expired while I was in New York. Yeah. And I didn't even think about it. You know, I just came back, went to mm. driving. Mm. I had Atlas in the in the back in a kennel. Yeah. And a canine officer pulled me over. I couldn't drive my, like, made me park my car. I was like, bro, I got my dog in here. He's like, oh, what kind of dog you got? I was like, one just like yours. I got a Malamar. He was like, oh, cool. Well, don't leave him in your car. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should have been so short with him. Yeah. You got to be friendly. polite. Because I, 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 I noticed you doing, have canine you? patch. And I was like, oh, you know, you can That's awesome. You know, you got to be cordial. I thought this, yeah. I, I was trying. He was just like, nah, bro, I don't care. I don't care what kind of dog you got. Well, here, here's this ticket. Shut up. Here's this ticket. <laughs> you should have been cooler, man. Yep. I think that's the problem. I'm not cool. Also, um, he asked me, this was kind of funny. Mm. He asked me if he could search my car. I was like, no. He was like, well, why not? I was like, 
do you have any reason to search my car? He's like, no. I was like, all right, cool. Did you have anything in your car? No, I had a dog in my car. Then that would have been the perfect time to let him search your car. (laughs) Bro, I'm not about that. I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not about that if I've got something in the car. But if I ain't got nothing in the car, I'm good about it. Listen, I worked for body shops for many years. I worked on a lot of uh, uh, used cars, like Mm -hmm. car lot cars. Yeah. Man, I can't tell you how many times I pulled the door panel off of a car and found like an ounce of weed that has obviously been there for years and years and years. Really? That like, you know, I mean, it's you're you not gonna smoke it, huh? Did you smoke it? No, it's it's it might as well be powder. I was just being dry. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't even smoke weed anyway, which yeah. is funny because I'm like 100 percent for people smoking weed. I just don't. Yeah, it makes me makes yeah. me feel weird. It makes I me throw am up. Surprised? So. Why? What are you surprised? Did I don't smoke weed? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Do I just look like a pothead? Do you think? No. What do you, not per se. <laughs> look but, at him no. blinking. He's backing up now. <laughs> I'm not backing you up. You train dogs. You drink beer. You do jiu-jitsu. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't, 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 don't put the train dogs thing in there. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Well, I mean, what, what, seriously, what would give you the idea that I that I, I think it's pot? probably been, maybe it's your extremely relaxed attitude. I'm, I'm pretty liberal about a lot of things. That could be it. Yeah. It's not, so I, I absolutely support not just pot. I support people's right to smoke or ingest or shoot up whatever they want. Yep. I support yeah. that 100%. Like I say, if I wanted to go out and go smoke meth. If you want, go for yeah, it. Yeah, smoke meth. Personal freedom. That's on you. Personal freedom. You'd be all cool with it? Yep. Now, Darwin will take And then I can walk in here and be good to go. Uh, if, yeah. Now, mm-hmm. if if you walk up in here and you got some sort of problem, you got to you gotta deal with that. Right? Well, are you doing a line right here? Uh, not, it's not my place. So, yeah. No. And, and so my personal, like, if you got meth and you invited you over to my house, get mm-hmm. the fuck out right now. Because yeah. the people that I know that are involved with meth are not the kind of people I want to be around. Mm-hmm. If you want to do I meth at that. your house or at somebody's house that's okay with it, oh, no, please my dog will do that. On it. Can't do that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> my, dog, my, my female, she'll, she'll alert on that stuff. What's funny is... She'll what? Alert on it. I think... So my female dog is trained for narcotics detection. You, you had posted that... Um, was it? Were you doing scent work? Who was it? Uh, Could have been. I mean, one of I my do. dog training friends had had uh, posted that they were doing scent work, and you can buy uh, synthetic yeah. scents. Pseudo. Of, yeah. I was Pseudo. about to say, how do you train Pseudo. for? You, that? When you can train real, train on real stuff. Not as a, not as I'm saying, yeah. like, how do you legally obtain that stuff to train on? Well, you can't unless you okay. You can't have meth unless you're that like your DEA or ATF license, yeah. one of the two. But uh, so I, how do you? I, get I, I use pseudo. I mean, I was told I should go and apply for my ATF or DA stuff, but so the fake so smells many, the same. Like I figured it's got you would the have same molecular real. makeup of the odor of real. Oh, okay, gotcha. We assume. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to assume that that's accurate. <clears throat> so well, that's why I was one of them. My dog has been trained on the fake stuff and has alerted on the real stuff when I've trained with law enforcement. Okay, gotcha. That makes sense. So somebody was. I, it might have been you. Was it you? I don't know. Continue the story. One of my dog training friends had posted that they just got a big shipment of like all these scents that they were going to train their dog on. And there's mm. someone, and it's not a, it's a civilian who's like maybe going to train a dog for, to sell to law enforcement or I, it, it was definitely not a cop. Yeah. And, and I was like, you asshole. Yeah, How it dare probably you? was me. Cause I did post it like maybe a couple months ago. It was like, you. Yes. Like, yeah, all my stuff came in. I'm so excited. That, that was, was you. Was yeah, heroin and cocaine. I think I probably put yeah. and uh, and MDMA. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think I probably put a frowny face on this little post. I was like, it's not <laughs> real. Yeah, pseudo. I'm just training my dog to detect the odor. Why? What do you care? Because I can contract stuff. Okay, I can contract. That makes sense. I, I also sell dogs. Yeah. Right. So the dog that I'm competing with, yeah, 
he was up for sale for a while. So I saw the department. And then I moved here. I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll compete with them. Nah, I'm stuck with this asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so how many dogs do you have currently? Like personal dogs? I have three. Not okay. I have three dogs gotcha. uh, in my house right now. I've got four. Are you training three dogs for separate things? Or are you kind so of training them for everything? My female, my older female, she's retired. Um, she tore a ligament in her leg a couple oh, years ago. And is that something you she, have to get fixed, or is that just something they can live with? Um, so we went and did x-rays or MRI on her, and she's all... It's not worth it to fix her. Okay. Um, okay. She's 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 walking just fine. She can run pretty well too. Mm-hmm. I brought her out for a decoy camp a couple okay. months ago. But um, she's retired because uh, I'm putting more time with my male, who's two years old this month or in June, and then I got a new puppy maybe ten weeks ago. Yeah, roughly that a new puppy, and I don't know what I'm doing with her yet. Is that Dutch too. She's a Malinois. Malinois. Okay. Yeah. What the other two? So I've got you two Malinois. My, my two girls are Malinois, and my males are Dutch Shepherds. Okay, gotcha. Um, I had a German Shepherd. I sold him to an apartment up north, and he was a pretty cool dog. He was a single-purpose narcotics dog. And then I had another Dutch Shepherd who was a dud. So I, she actually lives here in Charlotte. Wait. So what let me translate some of that for you. So a single-purpose dog means that it was he was only trained for narcotics. No, no, I'm saying just for the listeners. Okay, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so a dual-purpose dog would be a dog that finds contraband of some mm-hmm. sort. So that would be nose work. And then uh, is also trained in apprehension. You get your multi-purpose dogs that um, special forces use. So they are detection dogs, apprehension, and tracking dogs. Yeah. Those okay. dogs are no joke. So like what kind of bandwidth does a dog have? Like, can you train them for like protection, um, detection, all that stuff? Depends on the dog. Depends on the dog. Really? And, and the trainer. But so some, are, also, some dogs are literally just smarter than others. Well, yeah. I will tell you that the Husky I had staying with me would probably not be a good detection dog. Well, but they had, he's got great obedience, and I can tell you right now that dog can run. So we look at the baseline genetics. Uh, well, he had ran from the owner for like 30 minutes. That's why I got him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he lost his dog for like 30 minutes. So, like, you're talking about literally just cardiovascular. So, genetics, you know. Okay, I mean, gotcha. this, the dog is bred to run. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, I mean, he, he can do it. He can do it for damn sure. You know, you, you put a harness on the dog, I bet you could do the Iditarod. Okay, but as far as, like, using that for other skills towards, other like, skills. protection I mean, or anything like that. Like, I mean, he's got energy, but he didn't really have the drive for work. So, we look at these working breeds, Malinois, German Shepherds, Dutch Shepherds. They've yeah. got a lot of drive. To yeah. hunt for prey, yeah. so we channel that to hunting for odor, the odors that we want. Okay. Right? So is there a big difference between um, basically protection and apprehension? Are those two different so. skills? Like, or I'm not going – well, I mean, it's all baseline bite work, right? Yeah. And I do a lot of scenario-based training with my protection dogs. It's just like what I did with my law enforcement dogs. But, I mean, I'm not going to say this protection dog should be able to go chase down that guy over there because that's not what you use a protection dog for. Well, so oh, okay, as a no. civilian, so here's here's the, the way I would define that. So okay. a civilian has no absolutely 100% zero need for an apprehension dog. So there is no time in a civilian's life when a person is standing 50 yards away from you that mm-hmm. you should send your dog on that so person. So that's the difference between especially, protection is like yeah. with your person well, so and apprehensions like, go Especially if, if that person is running away from you, yeah. which yeah. is often happening in a police scenario. Right. Okay. So like gotcha. somebody's running away, you can't catch them, you send the dog after them. 
right. you're not going to do that as a civilian. Now you, you can, but you can go to jail for that. You probably are. Yeah. Would that be like assault with a weapon? It probably is. It could be for sure. Now I've got dogs where I'll train them for building searches. Right. You come home, you see your doors open, you know, send the dog in and search the building, right? Or this person puts their hands on you, I want my dog to bite them. Yeah, we um, call that defensive handling. I'll show you a video of that. So I've got okay. a client that I had back in Colorado. You know, some drunk person was assaulting her. You know, first she was verbal with her, and she kept walking away, and he put his hands on her, and her dog reacted, you know, and not she sure. was not charged because, A, she yeah. had records of training for me. B, her, her dog was licensed for the state because – States all big on their dog licensing, but see, you know, um, she had reasonable use to use her dog. Over. So and she didn't mm-hmm. even tell her dog to bite either. Uh, so you have to get the dog registered whenever they do protection. No, that not that, here. That was just licensing yeah. in general. Like the, the state just had to had you license the dog, just register with the state. So like in case like the dog went missing, he's got a registration tag. Okay, oh, this dog okay. is yours. Come pick it up with me inside and pay us fifty bucks. Also, they want your they want your money for the registration fee. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was wanting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So but you um, don't need to like register a protection dog. I've heard people saying that your insurance rates can go up if they have this dog as a protection dog. I've, I've, I've heard, heard too, but I've heard house insurance can go up if you have like Rottweilers or pit bulls. Yeah, it's probably like, breed specific. Yeah, yeah. Breed yeah. specific. Yeah. Okay, I, so what type of limitations would you be looking at? Like, say, take Zoe for an example, a pit bull. What kind of like breed limitations would you have on apprehension protection? Well, she's not nose. running far. I mean, she can't breathe all that well because <laughs> she's got a, kind of a flat face, right? So I mean, she's not running as long as my my Malinois. Really? She, well, my yeah, Malinois gets in the tremble four miles every morning, oh, and, she, and then she's ready to go drain. Yeah, she's a little chunky for that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. Go. Gotcha. And I've heard of people using pit bulls for odor detection. You know, I'm not sure how well it's panning out, Okay. honestly. Like people are talking about like you know these rescue pits doing odor work, and maybe they're doing okay, but, I mean, their olfactory senses just aren't as great as like, you know, a German Shepherd or a Mal. Okay. Or a hound or, you know, yeah. some, some other dog that's... Yeah. So I think the, the thing about the Malamas, Dutch Shepherds, and GSDs, and there are a couple other, like, uh, Flanders, Bouvier, yeah, yes. and, like, um, I don't know a Traverne, a Belgian Traverne. They're, they're, they're like... Called Turvuren. Is that what it's called? Yes. Tur- say it again? <laughs> Turvuren. I've never heard it Turvuren. said. I just have to or read it. Lacanois you know? or <laughs> yeah. Jagged, Jagged Terriers. Are you familiar with those? No. They're freaking amazing. So how many... Like breed specific working dogs are there? There's, oh, there's really only gosh, so so the two main ones are yeah. German Shepherds and Belgian Malinois. Well, so those work, but then you've also got Labradors, two. right? If if someone were to say I have a working dog, instantly in my head I'm like, okay, they either have a German Shepherd, a Malinois, or Dutchie, or Dutchie, or a Labrador. And honestly, I don't think I don't include Dutchie in there. I, I don't see that many. I really? include yeah. so for me. When someone says working dog for to law me, enforcement, anyways, I, I instantly think oh, okay. about a dog that would do protection work and obedience. So I think about. Malinois, German Shepherd, and Dutch. That's what I think. Okay. To answer your question, Daniel, there are so X amount of them. All all dogs have a range. They're kind of like people. So they have like um. Okay. What what do you? So I know I'm being rude. I I wanted to look up a Dutch Shepherd. See what it looks like. It looks looks like Atlas, but with brindle stripes. I just yeah yeah. Well, because Atlas isn't as cute as mine. Whatever, (laughs) Atlas. Now listen. Atlas is a lot of things, but damn if he is not handsome. Mm, I mean, that is, is a handsome is. dog. You got to give him some thing credit. And that thing is—he is no Uthra. Oh my god, that's true. He's, he's got like two percent body fat too. Yeah, he's that thing shredded. is literally all bones and muscle. <laughs> there you go. I'm telling you, man, I damn near shit myself when it came after me. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, nice. Oh yeah. yeah. Did I tell that I've story on that here before? Seventy pound asshole. About what? 
about the time I took Atlas out to use the bathroom because your back was jacked up. The funny part is, know. you're all worried about Atlas. It's oh Nadia that you have God. to worry about. Nadia Nad- was cool. Nadia will bite Nadia you. was being awesome. Oh, Atlas, she with me for a while then. My God, I thought, I was literally, I damn near shit myself. Like, I <laughs> He's never... so scared of Atlas. Why? Because so, he's like, crazy. So, yeah. Bever jacked us. Huh? I didn't get to work Atlas, did I? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think yeah. Mark worked him. So, yeah. Bever was in here doing squats and deadlifts one day and jacked his back up. And he asked me. Old if, man. Like, I, yeah, exactly. For sure. I don't do them anymore. Yeah. So, like, I went to his house to let his dogs out to use the bathroom because mm-hmm. he knew they'd be ripping on him and stuff and mess mm-hmm. back up. We take Nadia out. Nadia was cool. Like, Nadia, no issues. She went, used bathroom, all that stuff. Took Atlas out, and he was out there with me, and Atlas was just taking forever. He's smelling everything in the yard. And he picked up this stick while we were out there, <laughs> and Beverly goes out, and he just dropped the stick and kept going on, you know? I was like, oh, okay. And just, like, kept going on, all this stuff, and Beverly's like, man, I got to go lay down. Like, you know, mm-hmm. holler at me when you bring it back in. I was like, okay, cool. So we're out there another literally 30, 45 seconds. He picks the same stick up again. I go, out. He drops a stick and just <laughs> looks at me. And keep in mind, he's like from me to the wall. He's 20 foot away from me. He literally looks up, drops a stick, and like keeps his mouth open, staring at me like, who the oh, fuck are you? I was like, that. whoa. I was like, oh, you do whatever the fuck you want to do. I, I literally, as soon as he looked at me, I broke eye contact. I was like, no, do not come after did me. Did you ever let that dog punk you? Huh? Yes, he did. Yes, one hundred percent. Punked him out because he was standing tall. Those ears were up, and he just stared me in the eye. I was like, "No, right, no, you, my house, you chew on whatever you want to chew on. Just don't come this way." Shit. <laughs> Funny part is, Atlas is like the biggest, derpiest, dorkiest, goofiest dog I have uh-uh. ever been around. Not in my life. Not an FI. There is no, <laughs> there is no mean in him. I will say before your eyes. Oh, definitely. This guy. Yeah. Um, there's this guy who makes laps through my neighborhood and he, yeah. he continuously, he, he will walk through the neighborhood and ask every single person that he sees out if they can have some, if he can have some money. And he has this story about he needs uh, some money to get his wife a prescription. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the same. It's every week. I'm like, yeah. bro, you just asked me yesterday. Your wife's not dead yet. Like what? What's going on? <laughs> so I, I came out the door to walk Atlas and there stood this guy and Atlas bang, fired up. I mean, he was like, like he was, on guard. I mean, he's snarling and by you know barking at this guy. Yeah. The guy's like, which you know most people are like, hey, knock it off. But I don't. I want my dog to do that. Yeah, like, yeah. like if you're a stranger, like get out, right? Mm. So um, Atlas is you know putting on a big show, and this guy's like, you know, asking me. I was like, man, get out of here. You didn't ask the same thing like last week. And then I was like, good, good boy, Atlas, good. And the dude's like, man, I can't believe you said good to that dog. I was like, I don't want you here. <laughs> the dude, dude was like really upset that I was like praising the dog for. I'm yeah. like, that's his job. Come mm-hmm. in my house, you get fucked up. Like, yeah. <laughs> maybe not, but I didn't. I didn't want him <laughs> to know that. You know? <laughs> we should probably run a scenario then soon. Well, uh, a you're not breaking in my house, and b mm-hmm. <laughs> we gotta let Naughty out. Atlas will probably just run away. <laughs> oh, Naughty, oh. Naughty will get you. Naughty will get. She got hate in her heart. <laughs> she ain't friendly. But yeah, so here's what we need to do: plug all your stuff. Mm-hmm. I got shit to do. Oh, well, shit. Okay, fine. <laughs> Kicking me out. You gotta go home, but you can't That's stay fine. here. I mean, I only have to drive two and a half hours home. Uh, well, again, we've been, we've been at this for almost three hours. You know that, right? No, it's Holy been two shit. and a half. Literally two thirty. That's like an hour and thirty minutes longer than we have than we originally decided we were going to do podcasts for. Well. 
that I will plug it. Like three hours. I want to be that way. No, no, plug everything, please. Oh, well, mm. by all means. So, owner Marathon Canine Academy can be found at marathonk9.com. That's letter K number nine. Instagram at Marathon K9 Academy. Um, as an instructor for HRD Police Canine, it is high risk deployment, high risk underscore deployment underscore canine on Instagram and HRD space police space canine on Facebook. Um, thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. I couldn't have had a better time with you guys. Um, I'll come back. Please, please Dude, do. Please, yes. So look, this has been awesome. When you come back, mm-hmm. we have to be open. It has to be post-COVID because we are officially not open during the, the governor's uh, recommendation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you have to come. We'll train. Then we'll do the podcast. Yes. Sounds good to me. I could definitely spend my whole Saturday here. Yes. Oh, we can definitely do And that. I will definitely have to come up with an excuse. Bring a suit. Oh, here can be your excuse. We're going to work dogs. Mm, so here's what you do. That's fair. Wait, what? Where are you gonna work dogs at? Oh, you in, can, my, in the field by my house. You can. Really? Uh, yeah, we can put him in a suit. Yeah. Yes. No. Catch my dog. Put in a suit. Catch my dog, dude. It's not. Is it your is dog like gentle. No. Is he just gonna like rape me? <laughs> but it'll be fun. It'll be real fun. By the time you work my dog, he will have an out. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm good with that. He will have a consistent out. Well, actually, okay. Um, actually, he'll have a miles. I've got that. No, we're just backyard. training in the field across from my, my house. Oh, okay. The, the football yeah, yeah, field. field. I thought you were talking about your backyard. Like, no, the field, like literally yeah. across the street from my house. I have a, a retired football right. field across the street from my house. All right, we can do it. We're going to get Daniel. So here's – we're going to talk Daniel. So Daniel's not going to be the first one in the suit. No, Daniel's fine. Okay. No, Daniel's going to watch a couple times before. Be okay. Yeah. So we're going to get Daniel in an MMA fight. No, we're not. Before before next year, Daniel's not doing MMA. We, we are. No, he, yeah. he, he totally is. He's doing it. Okay, please do. And then I'd watch. I would watch that. Can I be oh, in your corner? Sure. Watch. Huh? I'll be in your corner. Yes, do that. And then he's. I wouldn't trust anything I said, but it's okay. I'll do it. And then he's also uh, going to get in the suit and do and get. He's going to be a victim. And he's going to sign up for an IBGF. I don't like victim. I would not sign up for IBGF. Oh, do it. No, do it. No, yeah, if I can't do hill hooks. I'm yeah, out. that's not a fear. It's Sorry, just that. <laughs> no, we will continue this on the next time. <laughs> yes, yes, yes we will. let's do oh, that. If you want to talk about IBJJF, we can do that. We have a hashtag. Yeah, fuck the IBJJF. Yep. Wow. Don't restrict so, me. So brutal. If I can't neck crank and I can't hill hook, so I want no brutal. part of it. And yeah. Daniel don't even neck crank. Like he just I neck crank. He just wants to be able to. Yeah. I mean, it's a good. I mean, look. The way I Does see it, does it count as a submission if it's just a crank? I don't yeah. care. Yeah, listen. Like, if they look, tap, it's if a you want me to choke your neck, look into it. You want me to neck crank it, look away from <laughs> hey, it. Hey, it's hey, your choice. It is, ain't mine. This is no lie. I tell this story about Daniel all the time. We were white belts together. It, <laughs> really? It, really? Yeah, yeah, we were. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah. Trained well, all the way up. He's yeah. a four-stripe purple belt. Wow, um, you guys have a bunch of history together. Oh, yeah. Oh, a lot. Cool. A yeah. lot. A lot. Okay. We got promoted to blue belt by the same guy. Mm-hmm. So nice. when we were white belts, um, I had... I, this is I'm not bragging this is just the story right? so the story. I got to Daniel's back and he tucked his chin and I put put the sharp part like into his you know his jaw and into I started, my teeth I started pulling real hard <laughs> and he tapped yeah. and which, it wasn't that big a deal we were rough and you know was, yeah. that was a long time ago we were much younger then and so uh, we were outside smoking cigarettes to get some fresh air yeah. in, in between class <laughs> Oh, we'd smoke in between rounds. Me and like we'd yeah. literally finish instruction. Who are you me people? and Beverly would go we don't smoke do that a cigarette now, but and then come yeah, back in and roll. Yeah, we were idiots. And yeah. so uh, he was like, "Well, you know, it wasn't a choke, right?" He was like, "You know, it's on my chin." I was like, "Well, get your fucking chin out of the way, and I'll choke your neck. Like, like just move your chin. I'll yeah. choke your neck." Yeah. <laughs> so oh, that's perfect. And that's our that's yeah, our strategy that's at Phoenix. It's like, oh, you put your chin in the way. 
I'll just smash your nose or your teeth or your mouth or whatever, your eyes. Like the Brazilians say, your neck goes from your collarbone to your eyebrows. That's exactly right. That's a Brazilian (laughs) neck. Noted. Noted. (laughs) No, like the way I see it, anytime like I do jujitsu competitions, whatever, I'm not going to get pissed if you tap me out. Mm -hmm. If you make me quit, I quit. Mm -hmm. Like I don't care what the tap came from. Mm -hmm. Like you cram your chin into my eyeball and I tap out. I wanted no more part of that. That's fair. Yeah. I will say, if you do that shit to me and I don't tap, we have agreed that the rules exactly. are now a little bit different. Yeah. That's or one the, thing about the, a neck crank. If it don't work out, well, you're the, playing a new yeah, game. The courteous <laughs> part of me starts yeah. to leave oh, and the, the mean, yep. dirty tricks comes out, which is good. Man. I'm okay don't, with it. Don't reap the knee. I, hmm? We about that. Oh, we, we reap about everything. That, yeah. that reaping life. Yep. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I reap for guard passes. I don't care. <laughs> oh, my God. You and are horrible people. I'm never coming back. Yeah. <laughs> just just don't wear your gi. Yeah. You see, I'm wearing a brace? Yeah, don't well, wear a brace. Look, You'll be fine. Just put, like, a, a bunch of tape around your knee and be yeah. like, this knee hurts. We're like, cool. We'll fuck the other one up. So. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I have no problem switching from one to the other. I yeah. Mean, oh, my God. Yeah. You'll just. <laughs> or you can fix the knee, and then you'll be good. About that. <laughs> or here's what here's what I recommend. Just learn to defend your fucking feet, and yeah. then you don't have to worry about it. That's yeah, it, man. Point made. That's point all made. I'm saying. Oh, I guess I'm going to learn to But, like, one we'll of help. the big things you need to learn about jiu-jitsu is if you tap them out first, you don't have to worry about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm cranking next. <laughs> yep. There you go. Do it. Do it. Hey, it's a great strategy against leg lockers. So, <laughs> so when you come back, you're going to you're gonna bring a dog, yep. a suit, mm-hmm. some gi, some no-gi stuff, mm-hmm. a bunch mm-hmm. more stories about craziness. Yes. I'm sure I'll have done something by the time I come back. I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm sure you'll have done everything. <laughs> Who knows I, what'll happen? You're like the most overachiever I know. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. You 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 achieve a lot. Yeah. Uh, mm. I'm just trying to make lot. sure I leave my mark in the professional world and in my personal world. And I go. believe you've done so. It's awesome. I mean, I I I mean this. This is no bullshit. I am legitimately like a a better human being because I know you. Uh, That's that true. Far. I mean, it's would true. not go that. Far. No, I I I choose to specifically associate with people who improve my life and. Yes. You most certainly do that. Well, even even though we don't spend a lot of time with each other, I see you, your post on Facebook all the time. And the, the, the time I've been uh, in your general presence has always been pleasant and educational. I do appreciate that. I really do. It's true. feeling is mutual. Oh. I'm just a young baby blue belt, you know, and I've been able to take a lot from you. That day when I came down, I took so much back home. And I was like, man, I'm going to use this in the competition. And I was super excited. So well, here's when what, I come back. So – if you would like, so uh, Clover asked me to, to coach him at this, uh, and I it's the thing that I do best. I'm I'm not yes. I'm a pretty good. I'm an I'm an above average competitor. I'm no world beater, but man, I am a really good coach. It's like the thing mm. that I excel at. Mm. Mm. So yeah, that's the one thing I brag on him all the time about because it isn't like, hey, go for the Kimura. It's like put your left hand on his right elbow yeah. like he is extremely specific mm-hmm. whenever he's coaching i just copy i yeah. just copy john donaher it's what i do yeah. it's the I mean, best thing yeah. to do <laughs> but but it is coaching is a skill all of its own for yeah. sure I also, just like uh, being a trainer for sure you know mm-hmm. yeah so uh if you decide to compete and if you would like we you need to come down we'll get uh we don't necessarily need a strategy but we'll mm-hmm. we need to we both have to speak the same language, much like mm-hmm. with marker training, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, you need we we need to bridge the gap in our language. Mm-hmm. So, like I use terms like a scoop grip on the right leg, and you may not know what a scoop grip is. No or, idea. But, but, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's not. Yeah. It, I'm sure you've done it a million times. You just don't know that that word is associated with this movement. Mm-hmm. So, I found that 
uh, coaching athletes is it is a very rewarding thing. Like I really yeah. enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So I'd be glad to help you. If and I I'd can. be more than honored to come down next time there's a tournament I sign up. Let's I'll be it. out here mm-hmm. in a couple weeks. Prior. I'll definitely know. So I'll, I'll show you guys up. Work with we'll, you too. we'll go down there too. Like so, uh, we'll get a group together. We'll come. We'll come train with you oh, yeah. at your place. So I appreciate trip. it. That'd be cool. I like it. Daniel mm-hmm. won't. He never leaves. I'll go. I'll Catawba County. Yeah. You, don't, you don't leave Hickory. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't leave Catawba County. All right, Pat. Be like, hey. <laughs> hey, you gonna be at the gym? Oh, so, okay, all right. He'll he'll go for that. No, not for me. <laughs> I'll go for you too, I suppose. All right, You're so getting dog bit. Yes, Ugh. yes. It's gonna be awesome. See, that's why I don't want to go. So, where my dog here? It's right. My my friend Ricky Rainey. Uh, he's a former UFC welterweight and just all around badass human being. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not. He, I don't want to say he's scared of dogs because he has two dogs. But I had Nadia here. He. Uh, we had him here for a striking seminar. Cool. And um, I had Nadia here before the seminar, and I was doing some tug work with her and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, I was like, Ricky, hold this tug. And he's like, no, man, I ain't holding it. I ain't holding it. <laughs> so, like, uh, I think we got it on – it's probably on his Instagram someplace where, you know, I got Nadia in a down, and then I release her, and she comes and snatches this tug out of his hand. And he was like – you know, it's funny to see a, a current UFC fighter mm-hmm. shitting his pants that this 70 – or this – 50 pound fur missile is like uh, shoot man <laughs> teeth hurt yeah. can't blame him it was yeah, funny I'd rather I mean, get punched different. in the stomach than take yeah. a punch in the arm that's a different kind of fight man it, it was funny <laughs> you fight a human that's all yeah, different to, fighting a dog but to see Ricky you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. like I mean he's one of my heroes and this guy's like uh, oh I'm not sure man <laughs> shoot I used to have a great Dane a long time ago and one last story before I go but I used to have a great Dane a long time ago and I would take him to the dog park back when I was okay with dog parks now I'm not and I do this Great Dane meetup with other folks, you know, who had Great Danes in San Antonio. So yeah. 12 or 13 Great Danes. That's a lot of horses in the dog park, right? Oh, shit. And when they get running around, it's like horses. Zoomies. And you got to find a tree. Otherwise, if they run over you and knock you down, you're tearing your ACL. And I kid oh. you not, my Dane ran into me one time, and I felt that for the next week. Yeah. So, so uh, I, the, the vast majority of the dogs that I train are Great Danes. Really? I do, I do a lot of work for the Great Dane Rescue. Okay. And okay, then cool. And then what will happen is because I'll kind of go to these meet and greets sometimes mm-hmm. like people that have adopted great Danes will then hire me because they've seen Sherlock or Opie or this dog or that dog that mm-hmm. I train. They're like, Oh, well, Hey, can you help me? Mm-hmm. And so let me tell you, you do not want a 160 pound great Dane running into you sideways. No, at full stride. no, you do yeah. not. Oh my they, God. They are like <laughs> solid. They're not, they're not like people. So <laughs> Sarah's, I can feel it right now. <laughs> Sarah's great Dane, uh, Aries. He was a leaner, so like he'll stand beside you mm-hmm. and then just lay his entire body weight into you. First time I was over there, as you know, he was an adult. I was just standing there, and he just comes up and I start scratching his head. You know, because I mean, like, yeah, it's under heads, your armpit. Yeah, <laughs> his head's right here. I start scratching him, and he just like fell into me. And like, as soon as he hit the outside of my thigh, my knee pops. I'm like, oh shit! Yeah, yeah. like he just yeah. tore my knee up. You know the worst part about yeah. what Dane is, and you got to let him out five thirty in the morning swing your legs off the bed and you stand up and they get up and stretch yeah. and they dig punch you with your tail. <laughs> Probably the worst thing ever. <laughs> Happened repeatedly. I think the, I I think the worst thing about them is the slobber from the ceiling oh. to the refrigerator. Especially when you take them in a car ride. Yeah. Get used to it. Oh, I don't man. I don't ever want to get used to that. True. Okay. Daniel, what are uh, you what are you promoting? What do you got going um, on? nothing. Nah. Phoenix Fit is gonna be live on Amazon Hopefully, beginning of next month. I know that's in like two days, so I'm still working on that. I got a couple different things to make. Um, other than that, Savage or Simple to Savage Kettlebell is still live. 
as always, if you enjoyed the podcast or if you didn't enjoy the podcast, leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. Uh, help us out. Get some new views. If you really like the podcast, you can share it on whatever social media you're on. We now have an Instagram page. Yep. It is phoenix.podcast. Phoenix.podcast. Yes. Yep. I follow. Do you? Yeah, yes, that's right. That's, yeah, how we, that's how we set this up. That's awesome. Um, if you, So for me, I'm not selling or promoting anything. As soon as, uh, as, soon as COVID-19 is over or whatever i don't know uh as soon as we're allowed to it's go back to over, brother it's a virus yeah as soon as we're allowed to struggle cuddle people again i'm really looking forward to hugging my friends very violently and um i can't wait to show people again yeah yes. it's it's frustrating yeah so once that's uh once that's a thing come back to jujitsu or whatever you want to do <laughs> start jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah start jiu-jitsu. start yes those of you who put on the covid 19 Take it off. You can take it off. Yeah. At Phoenix. At a, at a, with a go. fun way yes. of learning how to strangle your friends and neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Yeah, so that's all I got. Just uh, if – oh, if you are if you have – please go and follow the uh, the Instagram page. It's phoenix.podcast mm-hmm. uh, on Instagram. I don't have a uh, Facebook page for it yet. I, I don't – you know, most people use uh, Instagram anyway, but um, – Do they? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I the people that Facebook's listen to the podcast probably do. I think Facebook. there's an older group that listens to, or that goes on Facebook. Young people like Instagram. Old, old people. Uh, uh, young people oh like my TikTok. God. Okay, like, I, I uh, use, you're right. Yeah, I do like Instagram very, very sparingly. Looping well, you're not. That, yeah, I'm on Facebook. Young, so yeah. looping that. me in that genre, that realm, that age group. Yeah. Just hurt my feelings. <laughs> See, I'm with him. Microaggressions. <laughs> you got to think like me and him are very close. How old are you? Yeah, I'm 32. Yeah, yeah. How dare yeah, you? See, man, How I'm trying to. See, the crazy part of this podcast, is, y'all trying to talk so, shit. I can get so into this if y'all want. I'm 32. I got a three month old son, and Zoe turns two yesterday. 31. So, five year old daughter and two and a half month old son. Let and me tell your you, dog turned two when? My daughter. Your dog. My dog. Yeah. Uh, June. See. All right. So let me explain yeah. it to you. You guys did it wrong. Uh, 41. Work. Yeah. No kids. One ex-wife living the life that I fucking want. <laughs> I do what I want. That's what I say. I do too. I do too. When I ask permission. You exactly. definitely do <laughs> not. Ask permission. Definitely, definitely, definitely do not. You do what not. What do you mean? No, I don't, don't want to travel. Me, don't don't I make don't travel because I don't want to travel. Okay. Okay. Can I get back to my exit speech? Of uh, course. Both of you guys had your own Bye. little thing. <laughs> Go ahead. Bye, Felicia. Are you drunk? <laughs> he has two beers. He's drunk. Hey, don't no. knock that. I am too. You'd be trashed after yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, follow Phoenix, uh, phoenix.podcast on Instagram. Look for a Facebook page coming up. Uh, we we would very much like to hear most of the stuff I put out. I'm like, I don't care about your opinion. Exactly. But we as a group, <laughs> Daniel and I, care about your opinion on the podcast. Let us know what you'd, who you would like to hear. Yeah. Uh, if there's someone like Clover that wants to come back. We'd love to have them. So, like, mm-hmm. if there's a... Uh, you should have Pat on. Well, let's do it. Yeah. Oh, Randy. Oh, my God. Randy would be cool to have on. Randy's... I call him the ginger jitsu. <laughs> he's flamingly redheaded. Nice. But he's fucking awesome. We had one of those. Uh, we've had several of those, but we had, yeah. we had one of them. Ginger Ninja. Are you considered a redhead? No. Oh, I saw my jam, the redhead. Oh, I thought you were yeah. talking about somebody else. Uh, no, I got... I mean, just the beard. The rest of yeah, this is gray and yeah. has basically fallen out. So. But no, like, I would love to have Pat on if he'd be open for it. I'll ask him. Would have a very long conversation. I don't even pick his brain. My my general uh, hope for this podcast is that we have 
like, I don't, it's not that we wouldn't love to have somebody that's uber famous, but what we really want is like people that we. He's uber real though. Like well, he's that's no one thing. Kind yeah. Of well, whoever we're talking about right. is not uber famous because I don't know. I'm never heard no, of him. No, no, he's not uber famous, but he is literally one of the. If you're involved, I want to say he's on the tactical world. You've probably heard of him. Yes. Um, like, but he's also on the fringe side of fitness, like I am. Yeah. So he's more like unconventional, real world shit. Like well, he'd I mean, be an awesome I'm guest. saying I support like having this person on the podcast. Mm. What our goal is to have like interesting people who are semi local. Like we're it's not that we wouldn't that we would say like, oh no, you can't be here. Yeah. You know, because you're a movie star. Of yeah. course we would like that. But in general we I we know a lot of interesting people yeah. like you. Like a but lot. But that's the thing, like right? he trains at Patch Gym, so I mean Pat's fairly local, you know, yeah, well, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Now that would be good. Oh. I would like that. I'm just saying we want non typical folks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you ain't gonna get that shit. Love yeah. it. Like I, you listen to that JRE. He's so one of the guests that I'm extremely excited about that you have not talked about yet is having your dad on. Because <laughs> I have heard some crazy stories secondhand my, from you, my but I want to talk to the old man. Yeah, yes. he's crazy. That'd be cool. Yeah. He's a uh, uh, he's an interesting human being. I I would absolutely love to have him on. I don't know. Uh, Perfect. Let's do it. We'll see. <laughs> be nervous. It'll be fun. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. He's hard to. You can't steer him. He just do what he do. You know, you're not supposed to. That's what makes exactly. the podcast so great. Well, he's 72 yeah. and basically like John Wayne. So I don't. Cool. Even better. So we can do it like the middle of the day on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Don't he, worry he, me. Yeah. He's up at five. He doesn't give a shit. Well, he's got eight beers deep. He, yeah. he don't drink. He no, don't drink at all. He doesn't. He n- never drinks. I've n- I can't remember the last time I saw him drink any yeah. alcohol. He's just crazy. Um, we got water. <laughs> I remember the last time you drank. When? It's right my now. birthday. Right it's now. my birthday it's week. Birthday. <laughs> all right. So, we Anyways, done? That's anything it, else? man. You nah, got anything else? Great. All yeah. I can, again, all I can say is thank you. I mean, man, thank you. I had a good experience. time. Anytime you want to come back on. Did. Seriously, let us know. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'm glad that you guys met. Let like, me come on after I get back from yes seminar and and my dog. Yeah. How about this? One or whatever. Earned his title. Yeah. Well, he's going to earn his title. You're going to pass yes. for yeah. sure. We'll see. I, I've seen all the work you've been putting in. Yeah. yeah. So you uh, seen some, you haven't seen some of the pictures. <laughs> Dogs will make you look like an asshole sometimes, won't they? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm one more little short story. Okay. Last time I took not last time uh, three or four times ago when I took Nadia to club. We were trying to get her to bite on a leg because she's never done it before. Yeah. And uh, we got her stuck on a leg. And then somebody in the in the gallery, you know, sitting on the sidelines, was drinking water and threw their empty water bottle out in the parking lot. And Nadi was like, fuck this leg. I'm going to go snatch this water bottle. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. And, and so here was the best part. So the next time we came back, um, we did some some work with her we're doing a de- defensive handler drill and she killed it i mean she absolutely hit a home run it was like yeah. perfect it was all her i didn't do shit like she just we are in tune sometimes yeah and then she's stuck on this bicep grip and it, you know uh mark my friend mark Tula, who we're going to have on the podcast uh he was he was like yo anybody got a water bottle so i can embarrass beber <laughs> 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 your dog's vicious if you ain't drinking a bottle of water <laughs> yeah. oh, Jesus. Oh, i was like not you asshole she's <laughs> Made me look like a dick. All right, the best of us, man. Nice. Or the worst. I'm going home. Uh, like playing. I too am going home. You got a long drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took the fast car. Won't be that long. Okay, gotcha. We, we got safe. an excellent podcast oh, to listen to too. Yeah, you I have, do. You have yeah. A good podcast. I do. Um, 
All I can say is thank you very much for coming on. I hope you enjoyed yeah. it. Hey man, thank you Daniel, so much. Thank you. Mm. Daniel, yep. go fuck oh yourself. And uh, oh, 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 talk dirty to me. Oh my word. We're going to do our exit. You ready? Sure. All right. Thank oh. you, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>